When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everyone, to Modern Day Debate. We're a neutral platform welcoming everybody from all walks of life. Don't forget to describe for more juicy debates in the future. And if you like what you're hearing tonight, both of our guest links are in the description. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Ozzy for his 10-minute opening statement. Well, g'day, James. Uh, Amy, <laughs> um, thanks for hosting this debate. And my apologies for being late. I did think it was originally planned for a couple of hours from now. So I haven't really even bothered getting out of bed for this one. G'day, uh, Craig. Um, hope you're well, sort of. Um, <laughs> I, I semi-prepared for this, and so I'll just jump into this little spiel I've written out and, and go from there, I suppose. Um, once again, I find myself defending the most ridiculed of all schools of thought, that which contends that the solid ground beneath our feet is actually not spinning and whirling at speeds unimaginable through a vacuum of space, that the nature of liquids in a fluid state do not form thousands of miles high rotund bulges between continents, and that an atmosphere composed of pressurised gases cannot be contained by an ever-weakening, unpressurised container of everything and gases surrounded by a vacuum. My spinning spaceball-believing opponent will attempt to ridicule and shame me for adhering to everyday common-sense approaches to normal observable laws of physics as he attempts to describe a model based on an appeal to authority and popularity, despite the fact that it denies observable reality, actual experience and true laws of nature. We can expect him to appeal to all manner of occult teachings, maths and wizardry, conjecture and assumption to present his case for the ancient superstitious cult belief of the spinning pear-shaped spheroid hurtling through space. But will he present any real evidence of standing bodies of curved water? Any reason to believe a vacuum contained gaseous atmosphere cling to a supersonic whirling, twirling organic spaceship remaining faithful to its empire of the sun as every known star and constellation moves ever so precisely in order to maintain the constant sky clock we witness day after day, night after night, year after year, and millennia after millennia. Of course, we may hear some fabricated tales about parallax change, but we will not see any evidence. My opponent is rather infamous for his lambasting of guests and intruders alike, so no doubt, rather than appealing to common sense, logic, and observable fact, you will instead find him desperately looking elsewhere for formulas or fakery, fisheye images, or his infamous ability to misinterpret convergence, perspective, and distance diminution. 
His appeal to imagery, God, I'm having trouble reading my writing here. <laughs> His appeal to imagery in this day and age of forgery and fakery is understandable since logical facts and deduction are not his forte. Let us hope he will provide the unthinkable, such as an unedited video of a rocket taking a crew of astronauts to the orbiting spaceship we know and love as the International Fake Station in a swimming pool, docking at 10 times the rate of a speeding bullet, unloading the new crew and taking aboard the old, or with their associated piles of fresh and dirty laundry to last six, nine or 24 months, whatever the case may be, and maybe just maybe watch as they do the unthinkable, turn the camera towards Earth and maybe zoom in on some live event, an airplane flying sideways or a 2,000 ton ship clinging to the underside of our infamous blue ball spinning spaceship. Of course, I won't hold my breath. Will he appeal to the ancient measures of shadows of sticks or his claim that they will maintain what that one tiny mountain has greater gravitational influence than the entire spinning spaceflight. Sorry, I misread that one. Um, has a claim that Craig once made previously that a tiny mountain has a greater gravitational influence than the entire spinning spaceflight. Or will he actually provide credible evidence for a change to support his ancient superstitious beliefs in a heliocentric manner? In a believable manner, pardon me. <laughs> I look forward to finding out. In the meantime, I'm not, I'll start talking about swans. For those unfamiliar with the concept, many inner hemispherian globe believers would adhere to a belief, based reasonably enough on a known, on known experience, that all swans were white. However, here in the outer half of the hemisphere, the so-called southern reaches, we find that the vast flocks of black swans exist. Thus, the myth that all swans are white is easily debunked with the evidence of just one black swan. Likewise, all it will take to debunk the ancient superstitious myth of living on a spinning space world is just one piece of literal undeniable evidence, even though I might spend my entire 10 minutes presenting one after another. Just one black swan will prove not all swans are white. So I went <clears throat> around with one after another over the most absurd attributes of the heliocentric belief. I'll cut straight to the chase. But before I do, let's set a scene. Since we know the moon goes around the earth and the earth goes around the sun and the sun goes around the great attractor, as we're taught, let us draw a more simple analogy for those incapable of understanding speech, which translates 2,280 miles per hour, 66,600 miles per hour and 514,000 miles per hour. Figures beyond the everyday limits of normal human comprehension. Let's go to something the average modern day consumerist can comprehend, a large mall car park. Let us similarly assume the unfortunate consumer of modern day mods and cons has inadvertently locked the keys into his chosen mode of conveyance and in his distress begins walking around and around his vehicle, seeking a way in to load up his collection of groceries before the ice cream melts so he may jump in and speed away at the maximum legal speed of 25 miles per hour. Let's say he's a fast walker. He walks around and around at five miles per hour and he neither speeds nor accelerates to maintain this constant distance from his car. Meanwhile, his evil wife... Oh, hang on. I shouldn't have written that. I, was, I meant to edit this. Um, somebody has having an affair with a genius hacker. Just as the poor unfortunate um, person limps around his car and finds time, the car leaps into action and rolls across the flattened level pavement at a massive whopping five miles per hour, the same speed he's been desperately limping around at all this time. Now, uh, as this man limps around, um, he must... Uh, start to accelerate in order to get front of his crawlingly slow vehicle, decelerate to fall behind and continue um, a very regulated and defined pattern of acceleration and deceleration in order to maintain a constant distance from his locked vehicle, all while it's merely crawling through the car park at a simple slow walking rate of five miles per hour. In the heliocentric tradition, if we were to compare this 
to the moon going around our spinning spaceball Earth, we'd have to adjust our figures from five miles an hour to an incredible 2,280 miles per hour of the moon free-falling, just missing the Earth, rolling through the car park at a mere 670,000 miles per hour with all the appropriate accelerations and decelerations as required to keep the spinning spaceball fantasy alive. By now, I expect the cognitive dissonance of the spinning spaceball fanatics to have fully kicked in and they're already enro- <laughs> enrolling me into some read a book, go back to school or understand motion is relative type of response as they infamously appeal to. I can only imagine Quaggy already screaming at the MI4 change in his depends, but let's move on. This one is barely a shade of grey so far. So as our version of the moon is struggling to accelerate and decelerate with our version of the Earth in this oversimplified, greatly slowed down model, with the car now hovering around the vehicle with the trolley of um, unladen goods, let's say the troll who overtook his car, whoa, what have I written here? Car's operational mode decides to race out of the car park at a whopping 60 miles per hour. Can the the poor man limped so fast to keep up. But let's say, a, let's give him a supercharged wheelchair. Now suddenly he's flying around his vehicle. He's speeding up and slowing down to maintain a constant distance as the moon does to the earth. And so, yeah, I can't even read my own writing here. I, I went a little bit off course here, but let's just assume, how much more have I written? Too much. Let's just assume that this car suddenly takes off through into the air. Now, how can something at free fall speed possibly keep up with going the um keep a constant distance from this car it's just impossible i'll jump forward to the last of my um as i said it only takes one black swan to destroy a myth that all swans are white it only takes one gaping glaringly wrong belief in the heliocentric model to prove it wrong impossible ludicrous and downright stupid and childish i applaud my opponent for finding inspiration to defend the ludicrous and because the truth, oh, that's right, the truth made his son cry. There's almost something noble behind that motivation. I feel kind of bad when my youngest daughter cried when I told her Santa Claus wasn't real. But I felt much better about it for not perpetrating a lie and being honest to her, which when she was young and innocent enough to get over it without harboring a lifetime of hatred towards me. Unlike the multitude of globe believers who carried the childhood fantasy into adulthood and cling to them to this day, almost as though you're attempting to take their teddy bear or blankie away from them. With that, I present the world's most overgrown adult baby to present his opening statement. Over to you, Craig. Mm-hmm. Thank you so very much, Flat Earth Aussie. And with that, we're going to hand it over to Fight the Flat Earth for his 10-minute opening statement. Thank you very much. If you don't know me, uh, I am Craig from the channel FTFB. I run the channel that bludgeons willful stupidity with the hammer of science. Um, I just want to agree with the super chat that's come in there from JDT Turbo WTF. Um, I just want to start with a, a quick response to the the black swan argument that, that my esteemed opponent just brought up, um, mainly because he doesn't understand what the black swan argument is. Um, the idea of a black swan argument, a black swan disproving that all swans are white, doesn't disprove white swans. What it now means is that you have to explain both white swans and black swans. And that's the interesting thing about the globe earth and evidence that can be presented is that the globe earth can explain everything. The globe earth can explain all the apparent black swans of uh, people not understanding refraction and how to use the curved cape calculator. Um, yes, they would appear to disprove that the horizon is always a particular distance away, 
but we can explain why on the heliocentric model because refractions are part of our model and the explanations that we have. So no amount of black swans will ever disprove that a white swan exists. A black swan simply means that you now have to explain the existence of the black swans as well as, well as the black swans. So using a black swan argument to try and disprove something is a literal straw man of the entire premise of the black swan argument. But uh, let's move to evidence, which I, I think you'll notice that Ross didn't present any of. Um, um, he presented some straw mans of, of science, with, which we can get into, and not understanding relative motion and, and physics, which again, we, we can get into. But um, I'd like to actually talk about evidence of the Earth being a particular shape or rotating. And the thing is that evidence only exists on the globe side. Experiments, measurements, pictures and videos. Yes, and I will absolutely use pictures and videos because you know those things exist and just claiming that all pictures and videos can be manipulated is dishonest on your side because uh, you would have to demonstrate that all pictures and videos have been manipulated. Um, I can present millions and millions and millions and millions of pictures and videos from space um, and all it takes is for one of those to be correct and true and not manipulated in any way and it destroys the entire flat earth. So my first bit of evidence I'm gonna actually talk about and, and present as evidence is the constant amount of images and videos from space. Um, and one that I like to bring up quite often is this particular one. Uh, I've lost it, there we go, here we go. So this image from space is known as the blue marble from 1972. No, not the blue marble from 2012, where Robert Simmons said it has to be photoshopped. This is an image from space taken with a physical camera. A, a Hasselblad camera, actually, um, and developed on, you know, on, on film in a dark room as it, as it would be. Um, the, 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 the negatives, the cartridges are still on display in a museum for you to go and see. So uh, this is an image that was taken from space and developed on a physical camera. There is no manipulation. Uh, the, you, know, you can't manipulate details on, on a negative. It simply doesn't work like that. Um, so this is the only image that I ever need to present to um, back up my claim that the Earth is a globe, because there it is. That was a picture taken with a physical camera by an actual person. It's not digital, it's not a composite. It's none of the things that you guys can claim as CGI or anything. It's a physical image from space taken with a physical camera where the negatives still exist that can be developed. It's there. Denying it is simply going, nah, -uh, and I don't care about your nah, us. But how can we verify that that's correct? Well, it's simple. You can just look at measurements. And is there measurements? Yes, there absolutely is. I like to go to uh, one of my friend's websites, um, mctoon.net, uh, where he has collected a whole bunch of things that could be considered measurements. Now, here is mctoon's website. And if we go to mctoon.net forward slash r, you have an entire list of radius of the earth measurements. Now, <laughs> it's, it's not just one. It's not just one measurement, it's tons of them. Uh, the, you know, go and my, one of my favorite ones is this one, the Transcontinental Triangulation of the American Arc of the Parallel, published in 1900 and is an ocean to ocean survey across the United States. Uh, and I'm not gonna go into the specific uh, methods behind uh, geodesic surveying, uh, that that's a, a long conversation and you know it's been done before on this channel actually you had a surveyor on here talking to us in wits i believe but uh 
the the basics of this is that they use triangles to make measurements to um, you know add them all together to see what happens. And when they measure all the triangles of the areas that they're looking at, the triangles always add up to greater than 180 degrees, which would only ever be possible if the Earth, Earth was curved. But like I said, it's not just one. It's not just the one. All of these measurements done by different people, different teams at different times across the world, throughout different times in history, all come to the same conclusion that the Earth is curved, as we say it is, at the amount we say it is. Um, then you can go to more recent measurements, like you could go to uh, Jesse Kwasolski's page. Um, I'll get that up in a bit. So uh, there's a surveyor called Jesse Kwasolski who made recent measurements of the curvature of the Earth. Here we go. So this is Jesse Kwasolski's page, uh, and he has used his own equipment to actually do measurements of the Earth. And he came to the same conclusions that using geodetic surveying methods, that the Earth was curved. The same conclusion and the same measurements that were got throughout by the teams throughout history. And it's not just measurements of the curve of the Earth. It's also measurements of rotation. We can quite easily measure the rotation of the Earth using countless experiments, from pendulums to um, super, uh, super fluid phase experiments to um, physical mechanical gyroscope experiments. There, there are countless experiments, which you can go back to the website I just showed you, mctoon.net forward slash spin, and you can go and look at all the experiments that show that the Earth is rotating. And you can also repeat these experiments yourself. It's not just me saying it. These are things that can be repeated. The measurements and the evidence suggest that the Earth is not flat. Um, flat repositories has waffled about nothing instead of showing that there's any measurements or anything to back up his claim of an imaginary flying pizza. The Earth is simply not flat. All of the measurements show that the Earth is curved. All of the measurements show that the Earth is rotating. There is zero evidence to suggest that the Earth is flat. What there is, is flat earthers using strawman uh, tactics against basic physics, like not understanding Coriolis and claiming their misunderstanding is evidence. And then there's things like Ross doing basic physics incredibly wrong, not understanding what relative motion is, and then taking that as evidence that the Earth is flat. Well, here's the thing, your ignorance is not evidence. I yield the rest of my time. Thank you so very much, Fight the Flat Earth. And with that, oh. we are going to move into our open conversation. Guys, the floor is all yours. Hello, Hello Rob. Yeah, How are you, sir? Uh, not too bad for this cold winter's morning. Um, you said imaginary flying pizza. Now, I think you're the only one, well, you and most other globe people that we normally end with something that ends in ARDS, um, are the only ones who think of it as an imaginary flying pizza. The flat earthers don't think of that at all. If anything, if we were going to use a description for the only physical plane in existence is we would say that it exists at the bottom of the known universe fixed in place. It's not an imaginary flying thing at all. So I don't know why you continue after all these years of me even schooling you on that matter, that that <laughs> is not how flat earthers think of the flat earth. So, but you're still living okay. in ignorance and you're trying to Let project your ignorance onto me. Now don't just interrupt me in the middle of me saying something. That's what you're famous for. We know that. You can at least let me finish what I'm saying. Okay, well, let, let's go point by point. That's fine. That's fine. Let's just go point by point, though, before you go, go on to something else. Right, Ross, right. 
I say that to do exactly what just happened, to trigger what? flat earthers. My but entire intro is there to trigger flat earthers, and what, it what works. Is, However, what, what, you what are wrong, because uh, I'm right. talking what now, you're doing wrong? the interrupting thing. So, um, however, no, you no, are no, wrong. No, I have met several flat earthers who believe that is a flying disc in space. The thing is that there is no flat earth model. So it's impossible for me to strawman the flat earth model because there is no flat earther. There is no flat earth model. It's as simple as that. I've told you, Craig, I've told you that it is not a flying disc in space. We don't think of it as a flying disc. If some do, that's not my huh. my problem. You know, like all flat earthers are independent thinkers. And of course, we're all going to disagree with one another because we all think for ourselves right. as opposed to believing what we're told to believe, which is what all globe believers do. They all appealed to authority, That's a straw man. authority and they cannot think for themselves. They have not ever thought. That's a straw man. Uh, let, me, let me correct you, straw man, before you go on. Do not claim I have beliefs. That is not the case. I have evidence and logic to support my position. Do not enforce your religion onto me. Do not try and straw man my position because I'm just not going to let that fly. Ross, uh, the so Earth is flat. Flat. there are right. some flat earthers who think that the Earth is a flying disc. So me saying that is an accurate description of what some flat earthers say. I do not care about your no true Scotsman fallacy. Now, do you have any evidence the Earth is flat because you failed to present any in your opening? Well, <laughs> of course I do. Water level speaks for itself. It's, there's no mountains thousands of miles high of bulging water in between continents. That's just not another our straw man. Another straw man. Another straw man. Ross, this is straw man. I'm not going to let you straw man my position. No, no, that's a straw man of my well, position right. because my position no. does not say that there is a mountain of water in between two points. My position but, but says the water is at, the, at my position says the water is level, conforming to the curvature of the liquid parts of Earth's surface, which is also the description given in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. And also, if you go to mc2.net forward slash level, you'll find 45 citations that say the word level, when referring to the shape of the Earth, literally means a curve. In fact, a true level, according to surveyors, is the curve of the Earth. So you're right when you say that water is level, but that's because level is pointing towards the center of the Earth, thanks to gravity. Only in your imagination, Craig. In reality, when we use a spirit level, we find true level, which is perfectly level. It's like a mirror surface. If it wasn't a mirror surface, uh, we wouldn't have a mirror reflection. Always interrupt you, every single bloody time. Every well, single I'm gonna interrupt I'm gonna interrupt all your straw man's Ross. Let me get this clear to you right now. Every it's time you straw man position, I am going to interrupt you. Okay? Stop stop straw manning. Stop straw manning and I won't interrupt you. And guys, I, I heart both of you. We're I'm gonna drag you back to your corners and then yeah. uh, flatter. This would have been a civil debate, but I can't get out a single bloody sentence without Craig overspeaking me. Well, now you I, I, I told you I'm not gonna let you draw that because you're a horrible. No, 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 Listen, you look at yourself. Yeah, again, I'm not going to let you strawman my position, Ross. We can have a backwards and forward discussion, but that will involve you not strawmanning my position. Now, saying that you're going to use a spirit level to determine the shape of the Earth is absolutely ridiculous because a spirit level works because of gravity, making that little bubble perpendicular to the center of Earth. No. Level no, is not, yeah, yes, no, 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 no it is. Level does not mean flat. Level does not mean flat, Ross. We have been through this. That is basic stuff. 
Again, do you have evidence the Earth is flat instead of your misunderstanding? That, that is why we say flat and level, because when you use two words together, they give greater definition to one another. We can have something that's uh -huh. flat but not level. We can have something that's level but not flat. But when you say flat and uh -huh. level, it means a something a greater meaning. Just like when you describe something as hot and blue, for example, it's not blue and cold, it's blue and hot. So you've used two different words, meaning two different things, to describe one thing. So when we describe the nature of water as flat and level, people know what we're talking ah, about because we can see it being yes, perfectly mirror surface finished, perfectly level. It will reflect the yeah. image above it perfectly because it's not curved, Craig. So okay, I'm there's, not a, claim, there's a claim you just made. Yeah, you are. Right, so then we're going to concentrate on the claim you just made. Right, Ross, we're going to concentrate on the claim you just made, right? And I'm going to push you for evidence of this claim, right? So you just made the claim that water is not only level, but also flat. So I'm going to now ask you to present me a measurement to back up that claim. You don't measure flat and level, you observe it. Yes, you do. You absolutely can measure it. You would be able to measure if there was any curvature or not. So you just made a claim that the earth, the water is flat and level. So let's talk about the oceans. Please present your evidence that water is flat. A measurement would be good. The mirror surface, Craig. Craig. How, how do you measure no, zero? Zero is zero. Zero curvature. Yeah, you can measure zero. So yeah, you can measure that. You could measure if there was no curvature. So please present, please present your measurements of there being no curvature. You measure that which exists. You can't measure that which doesn't exist. You know, what you are you talking about? Get, you, you would be able to measure if there was no curvature. You would be able to get a consistent measurement of zero. So, you do you have right? a measurement yeah. of water being flat, yes or no? The answer is no is perfectly acceptable. Because I have measurements of water being curved. Are you going to let me I have those measurements. Are you going to let me answer I was finishing what I was saying, but now you may answer. I'm giving you permission. Well, well thank you, sir. So kind of you. You're welcome. Another form of a water level that is used quite often in building isn't just your spirit level with the single bubble in it. You can take a long piece of hose and has clear ends on it and you carry one end uh -huh. to the farthest end and you fill it with water and when you've got the le water level of one end to another one, it can be 100 metres away, it can be 100 miles away. It will be the same level and it will be perfectly flat and level in between those two points. That it is observation, a measurement, of water okay, please level present one of those measurements then. Curvature of the earth. Please present one of those measurements to me. What, you want me to go out and get a hose now? I don't think so. Yeah, well, I want you to present a measurement and explain how having an equal elevation above two different points would disprove curvature. Because again, that's strawmanning my position. My position says that the water in those pipes would be the same elevation above the surface of the Earth at both points, because that is the prediction of the heliocentric model, gravity and water. So again, you are trying to, again, you are trying to disprove something by not understanding something. I actually have measurements over water, um, in fact, here is measurements over water done by Jesse Kozowski over a lake. In fact, we got to the one at the top here. So um, do, do, do. Uh, on this page, I can give the link to the page uh, all you like. But there, this page has many different measurements, including a measurement over a lake that shows that there is a curve to the Earth. So I actually, I, I, I actually have measurements of the of water curving. I have demonstrations so you, of measurements of water curving, thanks to GMS players. Uh, uh, let me finish. Let me finish. 
I know okay, well, I'm you, saying you don't understand how a water level works, Ross. That is my claim. But um, here we go. That's the one right there. And so, guys, I just want you to get more full sentences out. That's for sending yeah. love to both of you. We're going to let Fight the Flat Earth finish his point and then hand it over to Flat Earth Aussie. Yeah, so, um, so this this website here the, from Jesse Kozowski's WordPress actually has measurements over water and over short distances of the earth being curved. Actual measurements. So I can 100%. Here we go. Here's the one on the lake. Observations made using the water surface of Cooper River Lake as the level reference. So over the um, surface of Cooper River Lake as the reference, he measured a curve an actual measurement of curve over water, showing that water is level, but not flat. So um, I'm going to let uh, Aussie Jesus respond now, but I would like him to respond with a measurement of water being flat, because here's my measurement of water being curved. Well, you didn't describe his method, what he used whatsoever. And as I was explaining to you, when you use a hose <laughs> over a long distance, it doesn't matter about the altitude of the the land itself. Like if you took it up a mountain, that water level is still going to remain level. So of course it doesn't prove anything about the earth. You know, anything to do with earth is irrelevant to the shape of the earth as such, because land, as we know, undulates. It has different altitudes, but it's all done <clears> above <throat> sea level. So when we do it huh? with regards to a water level, then it doesn't matter how long you make that hose, if you've got a theodolite to measure the exact level between those two water levels, you will find that it is indeed flat and level. And so that is all oh, the measurement you excellent. need. Excellent. Please present the measurement. Flat and level. Yeah, please present that measurement. Well, I, then, I guarantee you that that does not exist because the ends of the hose will have the water at the same elevation from the, uh, from the surface of Earth. There will be a, um, a drop over the tangents if you have theodolites looking at them as is demonstrated in the website that I keep showing you. This well, is no, based I just on told you, Craig, that the elevation yeah, you, above the ground You told me, you told me, no, it's not relevant to the matter. It's not irrelevant to the matter because, it's not irrelevant to the matter because having the same elevation is important because then you can compare if those same elevations are at a tangent to each other. And what you find out, as I'm showing in this actual page of physical measurements, that when you have two points that are above the same elevation, they are not at tangent to each other. They diverge. Plumbobs diverge, as explained here. So if you would like to go over the website and peruse the method yourself and even go and talk to Jesse, you can find him quite happily on Twitter talking about COVID and stuff. Um, but he has done the physical measurements that back up oh, physical measurements that okay, I okay. presented for him. Okay. So again, Ross, I'm, I'm going I'm to push this point. I have shown you that there are measurements that water is not flat. You claim that water is flat, please present a, me a measurement or admit you cannot. There's hundreds of measurements, Craig. There's like a lake in Russia, Lake Bikal. It's over 400 miles long. It's one of the flattest places on Earth. When it's frozen, <laughs> there is no curve. It is measurably flat the whole way. Oh, cool. 400, show me the measurement. 400 miles. Do you know show, how much curve? Show me the measurement then. Show me the measurement. There's no You're need to measure. There's, there's yeah, a there measurement is. of zero will always be zero. What, what, what do you well, want? Well, show me that measurement of zero then, please. Do you have it or not? Look at the pictures. You know I don't screen share on my phone. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But looking Look at up. a picture is not making a measurement. 
Do you have uh, a measurement <laughs> using actual methods that could measure something to say that that lake is 100% flat, yes or no? Okay, do you have a mirror? Do you have a mirror? Is your mirror curved? Does it give a true reflection if it is curved? No, it doesn't. A mirror works because it's perfectly flat and level, and that's how water behaves. So, um, according to the manufacturers of fluid glass, um, mirrors, actually, that they design will have a curve that matches <laughs> the arc of the curve of the Earth. This comes from the people that actually make fluid glass mirrors <laughs> and stuff because of the way that the mirrors are made by putting a, um, a liquid down and then putting the liquid glass on top of it. And they actually specify on the, the website where they show about making float glass that there is a curvature which matches the arc of the curve of the Earth. So mirrors that you will generally find actually do have a curve that matches the arc of the curve of the Earth, according okay, to the people that make them. We've we determined that we can't agree what flat and level means because you've got some warped sense of curvature exists in the in the no, definition of flat level. So, but let's go to something else that you said then, since we can't agree oh, on that. No, not, not yet. I'm not, I'm not ready to move on yet. I'm not ready. You're not just getting away from this, Ross. No, 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 no. Not moving on. Space. Okay, hold on. I, I want to make sure that Fight the Flat Earth gets his point across. So we'll go for like another minute or two. But then we then let's go on to another he's point. He's been given so much time and he's said nothing. Like, what more did I, he I presented evidence of my case, Ross. Uh, I presented evidence of my case, Ross. Uh, I presented evidence that water is in fact curved due to measurements across the surface of a lake that show it to be curved. You have made the claim multiple times that water is flat. And now, before yeah. we move on, I just want a simple answer from you. Can you present a measurement of water being flat, yes or no? No, you cannot present a right. measurement of zero. Therefore, you lose that part of the argument, let's move on. No, zero is zero. Yes. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't okay, be able so to measure you zero. Image, you presented an image from 1972, which we've seen video footage of how they faked it through a round window in no, a high-altitude plane. All yeah, that's been debunked. That, Craig, and yet you provided that as your only evidence of some space ball. Where, where's the Terminator yeah. line? You know, where's the whole thing? Uh, where's the Terminator the line? Uh, on the top right there. You can see yeah. the Terminator line on the top right uh, coming into shot. As you can see uh, let, let me answer your question. You ask the question. Let me answer your question. You can quite clearly see the Terminator line coming into shot on the right there because if you look on the right compared to the left, it is much more fuzzy and there's an area where the blackness is coming on. You cannot see the Terminator line going across the center of the earth because they were facing the side that was light. They, um, you are talking about the documentary- There's a slight little fuzzy bit towards the right hand you, side there, Craig. And the rest of it about, is lit as though it's in the midday sunlight. How can the entire yeah, earth exactly. be day at once when we have 24 hour time? Well, that's not the entire mate. earth, that's one side of it. Would not be it's one tiny fraction of Earth. If you applied that to a world map, it's that's, not even that's one of the part Earth. of the Earth. That's how we can yeah, tell because they were too close. They were too close to see more of the Earth than that. But all your uh, Ross, from Ross, Ross. All okay, stop, 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 stop. Um, okay, you are talking about the you are talking about the documentary. Uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that has been debunked 100% thoroughly. Please go to Jen Panda's channel to see the excellent debunk of that nonsense. I mean, that was debunked by the BBC pundits that had it showing. Um, again, this photo has negatives that you can go and check and see yeah. the, where it was yeah. taken from. 
There is no high-altitude plane that could get that high above Africa to take that image. And so I actually want to have... Flat Earth Aussie, I actually want to have you uh, say your final word to this, and then if you want to take it in another direction, maybe you ask a question uh, to Flat Earth, or fight the Flat Earth. Well, that was my question, was to do with the um, the fakery of that image. And But he's made this claim that there are millions and millions of images uh-huh. of Earth from space. <clears throat> and this is something, yeah. <clears throat> pardon me, that um, I hear all the time. I, I, I do a lot of debating on you know, Facebook and Quora and YouTube as well. And one of the things I often see people claim is that very same thing, that there's all these pictures from space. So then when I ask somebody to produce one that isn't faked, that isn't CGI, that is a true image, they get all in a half and say, oh, yeah, you, it's not worth wasting my time on blah, blah, blah. They've got nothing. So when people are challenged for their claim of millions of images, you've got nothing but CGI. Uh, you claim it's CGI, but that's a yeah. claim. Um, yeah. What evidence do you... I mean, to be fair, Ross, you once claimed that tennis was CGI, so you're I not exactly of, a reliable source. That I was watching was. Uh, yeah, you claimed that tennis was CGI, so you are not a reliable source to claim what is and isn't CGI. Um, so unless you can show me your credentials to show me how you can just look at something and claim it's CGI, we're just going to ignore you saying it's okay. CGI. That particular episode of the tennis that I filmed and was commenting on at the time most definitely appeared to be CGI to me. It looked very much computer animated. Well, it might have been. Yeah, with thousands of people watching that episode, that, that, that match that were live there, were they also CGI, Ross? It was a so, um, here, here is an image that was taken in the last 10 minutes, okay? This is a, literally a live image from space of your particular neck of the woods. Yeah, yep, sure, Craig, sure. Yep. That's that's not a compilation of a whole deep, heap of different images collated. No, it's into not. This is a live image from space from the Mars satellite. Of the globe. Uh-huh. This, yep. is, a, this is a live image of, of, the, of the Earth taken in the last 10 minutes. From the Himawari 8 geostationary satellite. Kind of looks a bit like a stop, stop saying that there isn't images from space when I can constantly show them to you. I do not care if you think that they are CGI. Ross, you think tennis is CGI, so you're not a reliable source of information to Craig, I told you a particular I, episode of tennis I saw at one time appeared CGI to me. It's exactly, therefore, you're not a reliable source of information about CGI. It's got nothing to do with this current argument, so stop living in the past, move on. Oh, no, it absolutely does. It does, Ross. Ross, If if you claim that tennis is CGI, you're not a reliable source of information to claim that something is CGI. You do not have the ability to look at something and say it's CGI. Oh, I'm not interested in evidence so far. What have you presented? It was something from years ago. As I told you, I can't present images on my phone, and I've got no need to because I can just use logic. Because there isn't any clear, cool, calm logic by looking at water and knowing that there's no way ever that it will be above the surrounding edges that contain it because water must be. No one at Strawman. Strawman. Not going with Strawman's. Beyond your horizon, where you can't see, and you think that all that land is somehow thousands of miles beneath the level of that water that's just in your imagination 
It's something out of sight, no, out of mind. The elevations and you believe in it because you were told it by authority. You got no evidence. No, no, no. I, I, I don't believe it, Ross. Again, no, no. please stop strawmanning me. Please stop strawmanning Ross and telling me that I believe things. I have of... evidence of my claim. I have measurements. Guys, Sorry. There's... Just going to pull you guys back. And um, once again, Flat Earth, I'm going to give the ball back to you. Want to be fair? We'll keep on going. Right, yeah. Um, well, that, that's pretty much all the notes I wrote was about his millions of images, his... Um, yeah. The, the, the fake flying pizza model, which we don't believe in, we do have a model. It's still one work in progress. And the best way that I can describe it for you, if you're prepared to listen for more than you know 30 seconds, if you'll allow me the opportunity, is I like to think of it Please a bit ahead. like... I'm trying to, Craig. Uh, is a bit like how, if you can imagine a frozen lake, you've got a fish under the water. When he looks up through the ice, he will see an apparition on the surface of the ice of what appears to be the sun. So for all intents and purposes to this fish, that is the sun. It's its source of light. It's its source of heat. And that light spreads out through the water in a form of what we would consider like dive, uh, spread out daylight, for want of a better word. So it's a similar sort of effect. Another fish 500 metres away in the same lake, he will look through a completely different part of the ice and see an apparition of the sun in a completely different part of the ice. And for all intents and purposes for him, that is the sun. So it's a bit like with us on this much, much, much bigger lake, which is airfield instead of water field, when we've got a firmament above us, when we look up through the firmament, it's similar to a layer of ice, and we will see our personal hotspot apparition of the sun in that particular place. And somebody 500 miles away looking up through the firmament will see an entirely different hotspot apparition of the sun. We all agree it's the one and only same sun, but we're seeing two completely different suns in two completely different places or the same sun in two completely different places. So if we then try and triangulate the distance to that by knowing we're 500 miles apart on the surface and make it into a single triangle, we could come up with some ludicrous measurement of how far the sun is as something similar to like 93 million miles when in fact it might only be as much as 70 miles high where we personally see our apparition of it that's the way the model works is that you cannot see um it's not everything is not as it appears everything is our own personal view of the world <laughs> and it will change in different locations and we think we're seeing the same thing, but we're actually looking at a completely different apparition in a completely different place, which is why a very simplistic model of one single spotlight sun doesn't make sense on the flat Earth. It's, but when you apply some intelligence to how the actual model works, that is how it starts to make sense. What say you about that, Craig? Um, yeah, refraction exists and is included in the heliocentric model. What you just said wasn't, a model or anything that could be represented as a model uh, and also can you please provide me with the maths to back up anything that you just said or did you just make up a bunch of stuff um it's not something i've made up it's something i've contemplated over a long period of time there's plenty it's of evidence up, to suggest right. there is a firmament above us some people say no, the same shape whereas i'm more of the opinion that it's actually flat as you would expect that a certain pressure with the gases rising above us due to density and buoyancy, that those absolute highest gases where it gets the coldest 
is that they have frozen into a layer which becomes a firm layer which actually matches all the descriptions from the bible which describe a rakia as for people who didn't understand ice you know if they're desert dwellers if they said it's like molten glass it's beaten flat like metal it's um and it's stretched out like a tarpaulin that sounds like a layer of ice if you ask me and it makes perfect sense if we're looking through this layer of ice then that's exactly where light starts becoming visible to us and that is how the sun can be in so many different places at once, lighting so much of the flat earth at a time, at least 50% of it, simply because it's not as we think of it. It's not just a single light source. It is a vast sheet of light source with a single hotspot apparition, which we think of as the sun. Yeah, so um, there being an ice sheet above us, what did you say formed because the part colds are colder? Uh, yeah. Here's the thing, the further, the further that you go up, the lower the pressure. For instance, the difference in pressure between the base and the summit of Everest is about 10 PSI. There's actually more difference in pressure between the base and the summit of Everest than there is the summit of Everest and what we call the edge of space. Uh, so there is simply not enough particles up there to form ice. Um, but you don't know that, do you? you you've never yes, been there. we do. It's been measured. It, uh, well, no. you stayed no, no one's been there, but there's been plenty of astronauts in space. And also a good friend of mine, Mr. Sensible, literally sent a probe to space and there was no firmament. Oh, God, he didn't send it to space. He sent it to low Earth orbit, which is the highest that anybody has ever gone is low Earth orbit. <laughs> Nobody's ever really truly uh, been to space at all. They cannot do it. They it. say they on radiation belt, but I tell you, it's a firmament that we cannot crack. We cannot go through. Yeah, OK, that. so uh, he sent it up and measured a pressure of 10, he measured a pressure of 10 to the negative two tor. All right, that is practically a vacuum. There is not enough particles up there to form ice. And also there um, isn't actually any water moisture up that far. So um, no, there certainly is not a firmament of ice. Uh, and also when you go into lower orbit, wait, I, I haven't finished. I haven't finished. When you go into lower okay. orbit, you can actually see an area where there's blue and then there's blackness and then there's the sun showing that there is nothing in between the atmosphere of Earth and where the sun is because it's yeah. space. Yeah. I agree with you there, but that's because we have the noble gases, which are electrostimulated by whatever force comes from the sun that causes them to glow. Ever. And that's what gives us the blue sky. And it also gives us the oranges and pinks and yellows that we see at twilight, which you wouldn't have on the globe because the, the, the globe would instantly plunge us into shadow of the earth if it was spinning away from the sun in such a way that we went to nighttime. But we have long drawn out twilights because that's the nature of light is the noble gases glowing. And you're quite right that above a certain density, those gases no longer exist. And so it's just darkness all the way to the sun. So there is a big gap between the blue sky and the actual firmament much higher where we see the apparition of the sun. But you will also notice that above that point, you don't see stars, you don't see the moon, but you do see the sun. Why is that? Why, because yeah. because, uh, light, because it was light, looking at the sun. So uh, again, so what you actually see is a very specific point where the sun is off in the distance there is no layer of, of sun flat earth you jesus um like what you're saying just makes no sense there's no physics that exists that would back up your batshit crazy claims like well, that's all you're doing is making stuff up 
And, Sorry, and it's, not, it's not. Fi- did you say it's not physical when it, you go up that high? Is that what you said? Well, that's right. Gas is what you would consider lack of physical. It's gas. Liquid is liquid. Physical solids is solid. So you know, when I so when I explain something as ice, you automatically assumed I meant frozen water. That's not the case. Well, yeah, at because all. that's what ice is. If, if highly, if hydrogen and helium are so low dense gases that they rise up to that point and they get so cold and they freeze up there, then uh, why couldn't <clears throat> the ice be made out of that particular gas as opposed to water that you assume is ice? We've got another type of right. It's a very simple answer because uh, at that height, there is not enough hydrogen or helium to condense into any kind of hydrogen or helium ice. But you don't know that, Craig. Anyway. Oh, I do because it's been measured. It's been measured. Again, a personal friend of mine literally sent a probe to space and (laughs) measured the pressure. The pressure (laughs) indicates that there is less than one particle per meter squared. It is not possible to form ice out of dispersed particles like that physics disagrees with you unless you are claiming that space is magic i'm claiming that the the layers of different densities and the, the way buoyancy works like we know that ice for example it when it expands that's why it floats on water and so we could assume that the same in the same sense that those lightest of gases that rise to the highest of places if they freeze they expand enough to actually be buoyed up as a layer above uh, infinite planar earth that we live upon and maybe way out beyond antarctica where we have no ability to travel because it's way too cold maybe that is where the edges of this big <clears throat> lake exists this air gaseous lake exists i'm getting requests so, uh, in chat guys uh if ozzy maybe you could try to turn yours a little bit up Kind of equal levels uh, or flat fight the you, matter you, turned down. Either you one. should be able to <laughs> adjust our levels in Zoom. Um, uh, uh, but uh, Ozzy, wow, so many things that, that you said wrong there. Well, let's just start with buoyancy. Buoyancy requires gravity. The formula for buoyancy is FB. No, 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 Unless you are claiming the buoyancy is something other. Well, no. Unless you are claiming that buoyancy is something other than it actually is, the okay. formula for buoyancy is FB equals rho GV. That G stands yes. for the downward acceleration due to gravity. There is a and, downward and acceleration is, that has to be there, otherwise buoyancy doesn't work. What is the downward so acceleration? Is it? it is a measurement of distance over time. It is not a force. It's just a measurement. It's an observation. Uh, F, F equals MA. Pulling at free fall speed through the medium of air. That's all it is. It's not... Uh, incorrect incorrect because uh, no no and here's why it's incorrect because the measurement here's here's why it's incorrect ozzy here's why it's incorrect because that downward acceleration measurement is different at different points on earth because of gravity there is a strong downward acceleration there is a downward acceleration that is stronger at the poles than there is at the equator it's because of gravity. It's gravity is a downward acceleration. Of the air. When air is okay. colder, of course, it's going to be less dense than when it's warmer, when it's full of more moisture. Density isn't a force. Density is not a force. Uh, and it's not even no, just it's not, with, um, it's not even just with cold places. You can actually measure a difference in acceleration 
um, you know, along the same parallel on Earth. You can measure differences in acceleration along the equator, depending on the amount of mass underneath you. In fact, there are satellites in orbit that another friend of mine works on that use <laughs> gravity as, you know, a way to determine where there are minerals and oils oh, under God. the Earth. And it is that That's downward right. acceleration, it is that downward acceleration that is recorded and measured that is because of gravity. You cannot have buoyancy without the downward acceleration due to gravity, which is different at different no, points on Earth because okay. of the different yeah. masses. And, uh, and then you don't get to just say no. That is how it That's works. Good. You it's cannot good. change it's physics good. because you don't understand physics. For just two seconds, I can explain to you that buoyancy is a resistant force. It is not a, a, a pull of gravity. It's the resistance of force due to the relative density of the medium, which is why you can have two that. balls, a low ball and a rubber ball off the top of a high bridge. They will both hit the water at exactly the same time because they're falling through the same density of air. But when they hit the water, one of them is going to float and the other one is going to keep sinking. And that is because of relative density. You cannot deny no, it's because that of buoyancy. Way. No, I can because it's because of buoyancy. Uh, relative yeah, exactly. density relative isn't density. a thing. I've debunked relative density to, to the cows company because you when haven't. you are talking about density, density is simply, density. shut up, density is simply one of the variables in the buoyancy equation. You cannot calculate the things that you were talking about just using density. If you are claiming you are, please describe to me the maths. Tell me the formula of how you would calculate what you're saying. There's no specific formula because every density is different. So it's uh, relative density. So you apply yeah, no, 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 there absolutely would be a formula. That, that's how you, you apply it to you, air. It's got a different amount of resistance. You apply it to oil. It's got a different resistance. You can look at a density tower. You can fly uh, yeah, it. Okay, so variables are a thing in maths. So please provide me the formula to describe what you are saying. What the fuck is wrong please, with you? Please present me the formula to describe what you are saying. I don't talk in formulas. I'm not a wizard. You know, I talk in Neither reality. Am I, I, but you, yeah, but you can describe everything that you are talking about with maths. If you are talking about density, density is described in maths as, you know, wow. the volume of mass. There's a different, there's a thing. There's actually a formula to describe what density is. So if you're saying density, there is a formula behind what that is. If you're saying buoyancy, there is a formula behind what that is. You're just saying it does this and it does this with no explanation or maths to back up what you are saying means that you have no case because you cannot prove what you say because you have no maths. Of course, for all the people... Yes, you do. You do be able to describe it. Long before mankind came along and could count on his fingers and start measuring things and applying formulas to them. You don't need a formula to observe reality. Yes, you do. Uh, yeah, you need a formula no, to describe reality. You're, you're so what, what you're saying is that yeah. what you're saying is that mathematically you cannot describe the thing that you are claiming that happens. Is I that didn't right? Say that you can't do it. I just said it's not necessary to explain. Oh, it, it, it is necessary. If you can't describe it mathematically, then it doesn't exist. You can describe it mathematically if it, you then. really want to. I don't really want well, to. It doesn't bother me. You can't. Can say you? that relative density of the medium will determine whether it sinks or floats. It's as simple density, as that. This is a variable in the buoyancy equation. Yeah, relative density will not determine things without taking other things into account. Density is not a force. No, resistance is the force. And resistance and how do you is calculate resistance? depending on the density of the medium. That's how you uh, calculate okay, so it. Please give me the formula for that then. Why should I give you a formula? I told you I'm not a mathematician. 
Yeah, I, I don't really care. Oh, I, I, I understand that. So basically, you can you can describe anything that you're saying. They were an engineer and they needed to know. That's fine if they wanted to. I can just tell you that yeah. the reason for it is relative. Every engineer uses gravity. Well, actually, engineers that, that use the formulas disagree with you because engineers use gravity. Yeah, but what if they didn't measure seconds as you know sixty seconds in a minute? What if somehow they decide to count them as hundred well, seconds? Then the whole formula would change, wouldn't it? It'd be a completely different formula. It's just done as an agreement. That's why you wouldn't change it. Which have nothing to do with the nature of reality itself. They're just man-made conventions because we like to be able to... No, they are descriptive. You can describe everything with maths, Ross. If you can't do it, then you use. So, right, okay, you, you've you lost the picture thing. Uh, you, you've, you've lost the evidence uh, of measurements thing. And now you've lost the part where you can't describe anything that you're saying mathematically. So um, I, I guess we can move on okay. to the next I, I nonsense thing that you're going on about. It's not a necessary requirement for me to describe it. It absolutely is a 100% necessary requirement. A thing floats because it's not as dense as another thing. You know, the lead ball sinks, yeah. the rubber ball floats. Yeah, because, because of buoyancy. Because of buoyancy, yes. Because of buoyancy. Because of buoyancy, which has gravity in the formula. So, but the water yeah, has the same resistance to both of them. Then the air has the same yeah. resistance to both, yeah. but that didn't affect them in the air, did it? Because and that is a variable in the buoyancy equation. Density is a variable in the book. Density is a variable in the buoyancy equation. It's as simple as that. You cannot calculate anything just with density. It does not work. There is no way to describe what you are saying. You are misunderstanding physics. And again, Ross, as I said, ignorance, your ignorance is not ever. It's the relative density. That's the variable. I didn't. It's relative density. You did. You just that said is, that's the variable. No, no not relative what density. Density is a variable in the buoyancy equation. Well, you cannot just very, have very density relative. and describe what is going on. Just because you don't understand what the word relative means, if it's a variable, then that describes <laughs> that it is relative. That's but not how variables work. Right? It changes. So one's relative and, yeah. Uh, a density medium, so is a variable. And okay, right. you, need, you need to listen. You need, you need to listen, Ross, because you're not getting this. Density oh, is a variable in the buoyancy equation. Density itself uh-huh. cannot do anything. So stop talking nonsense unless you can describe it mathematically. No, okay, you can't, no, so therefore you lose. Let me get this straight. Density is a variable, but it cannot do anything. No, mass over volume can't do anything. That's what you just said. You just said. It varies, but it doesn't do anything. Obviously, it will yeah. do something because it varies. It's a so variable. It's it's... Density yeah. itself yeah. is not a force and cannot cause an acceleration. Density is a variable in the buoyancy equation. The buoyancy force, Fb, is described as rho, the density of the object, times g, the downward acceleration due to gravity, times v, the volume displaced. That is how you describe buoyancy. That is how you describe a helium balloon rising in the air. That is how you describe the difference between a steel ball and a football sinking in water, is using the buoyancy equation and the variables therein. If you are just saying density, that does not describe anything. Well, that's why I said relative density, which is saying the exact same thing you're saying, because relative to the ball... It's not saying the same thing. It's more dense than the rubber ball, and so it floats, but it's less dense than the steel ball, so it sinks. So relative density is exactly the same thing that you're basically saying, but you're just saying that there's a no, downward no. force as opposed to, I say, there's a, a resistant 
is what stops things from falling. Otherwise, it will continue falling. Mark, Mark, until it comes that resistance. Generally, something that has enough resistance, like a solid or a dense enough liquid to stop it falling, the resistant force is all that keeps everything in its position. There's, there's no invisible pulling okay. force. Uh, you, you, you keep saying resistive force. You keep saying resistive force. Mathematically describe that resistive force for me, please. You just did it for me. You gave me your lovely little formula for it because you say... No, 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 no. Uh, my, my formula is buoyancy, which includes gravity. You're saying it's just relative density and the but resistive gravity, force. So please, please give me the formula. Please give me the formula to describe the things that you are saying, relative density and resistive force. Please give me the formula about how those interact with each other. Because there isn't a formula, because it doesn't exist, because it can't exist. It's simple. Everything that floats and sinks is described due to the buoyancy equation, which includes a downward acceleration caused by gravity. Buoyancy means gravity. The buoyancy, you agree to gravity. Don't care if you say no, that is the fact. And guys, we are coming up on the 40 minute mark. I want to let you guys get your final points out before we go into the Q&A section. It was some fun back and forth, having a good time. But Flat Earth Aussie, it sounds like you were in the middle of a thought. And then I'll let you guys go to your natural end of your conversation or your points. And then we'll kick it into the Q&A. Thank you. Yes, I was about to say that when every time you apply your gravity to your formula, all you're doing is saying a measurement of distance over time in the medium of air. You're not actually applying a force. You're just applying an observation. So you're not bringing in gravity, as you like to think of it. You're just doing the observation of things in the particular medium due to its lack of resistance, which is air. And it's a measurable thing, which we call... 9.8 9.8 per meters, no, meters per second squared. It's not a force. It's just an observation. And that's all that physics really is, is observation of things. Force. And you can apply these measurements, these man-made measurements, but things were falling and things were being resisted long before mankind invented numerals and began measuring stuff. You know, yeah. Our agreements to measure them do not differ one iota from what they will actually do regardless of our formulas that we apply to them. So you think your formulas are reality? No, they're just an observation. They are meaningless without the observation in the first place. Uh Uh-huh. And that's how you describe things mathematically. So everything you just said there were completely wrong. Um, The downward acceleration due to gravity can actually be derived, uh, not just measured. You can actually derive it using all the other equations that we have around gravity. So it's not just a thing. The fact that it changes based on where you are in the world and how much mass is underneath you and taking into account the centrifugal acceleration of the rotation of Earth uh, and how that would be more at the equator rather than is at the poles. The downward acceleration is due to gravity. Buoyancy is due to gravity. It's simply because if you have a balloon, um, that is less dense and has less mass than the air around it because the air around the balloon has more mass and more density. It is pulled down with a greater force, which creates a opposing force in the opposite direction to gravity, which we call buoyancy, which can be described mathematically exactly every time using the equation FB equals rho GV. 
buoyancy is because of gravity. That is an inescapable fact of physics. Again, Ross, your ignorance of physics is not an argument against it. It's as simple as that. You present no evidence. You present no measurements. You present no physics. You present no maths. All you have is you not understanding things, and that's all you've ever had. Yeah, okay, so you... You're very good at um, waffling on with a heap of crap, and you know you got the verbal diarrhea thing happening. You're very good I at that. I thought that uh, um, the, the moderator was going now. We both had our final statement. in certain places, and yet the uh -huh. centrifugal force, where the where the land is higher, the centrifugal force should equally be greater because it would be spinning even uh -huh. faster on your uh -huh. space ball. So that should be pushing yeah. you away even greater, and yet you're claiming Absolutely. that more land has gravitational pull. So which is it? Yeah, you Does you can actually calculate both. Uh, you can actually calculate both. You can calculate exactly what your centrifugal acceleration should be and compare it to the amount of mass under you. For instance, at the equator, the centrifugal acceleration pushing you away, uh, we're talking about sea level here, for instance, at, at the equator at sea level, the centrifugal acceleration pushing you away from the Earth is about 0.001% of the downward acceleration of gravity, uh, which means that there's a tiny, tiny, tiny difference in downward acceleration that you can measure, which would also mean that you weigh less at the equator at sea level than you do at the poles. However, you can calculate if you are going up a massive mountain, for instance, what your centrifugal acceleration should be based on your elevation and what the downward acceleration should be based on the mass. But because the mass has a much greater amount than the centrifugal acceleration, because we're only rotating at 15 degrees per hour, um, the mass is a much larger number compared to the centrifugal acceleration. So it's as simple as that. Like Again, your ignorance, like your ignorance of physics and maths is not an argument against it. Now, how about we let the moderator have the time back uh, and do the Q and A's because that's what uh, the moderator oh, was okay. asking. But now that you've, yeah. Grayed out enough of your verbal diarrhea. That's probably a really good idea. Yeah, I, 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 I better than this. But I love both of our debaters, and thank you very much to both interlocutors. And that's right, we're going to be moving into our Q&A section. So if you'd like to hear your questions read in chat, you can send them to at Modern Day Debate. And we are starting off with the Super Chats. Super Chat from JDT Turbo for $5.00. He says in all caps, WTF? What the frog? And okay. With, uh, we have another one from JDT Turbo for another $5. Yes, they can measure for flatness. How do you think they build foundations for buildings? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If we followed the curve, that all fall down. Buildings should get bigger the higher up they go. You know, like the, the top of a skyscraper should be slightly what? wider than the base. But that's not how buildings work. They're all plumb and level, all surfaces, all all sides. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, hold, hold on. The, you, you, the top of buildings should be wider than the bottom, and that's against plumb. I don't think you know what the word plumb means, Ozzy. I know what the word plumb means very well. Yeah, I mean, you can you have something wider at the top than at the bottom and it would still be plumb. Well, exactly, because it's always, you know, every plumb line is pointing towards the center of your spinning ball, then of course- And the they diverge actually as well. Wider. As you claim with all those uh, suspension bridges, you claim the tops of suspension bridges are wider at the top 
So um, I'm not saying the tops of the bridges are wider. I'm saying the difference that the distance between the support beams yeah, would yeah. be wide more at the top than it is at the bottom because yeah, plumb lines yeah. diverge, which is the case yeah, with yeah. the um, Venice and Narrows Bridge in, in New York, where the top of the plumb support towers are one and five eight inches further apart than the bottom because you know they're leaning up yeah, away from yeah. each other at so, a rate of so, one degree every six nine miles. Then should be detectable, even though much less in a very very large tall skyscraper building. You'd get the same thing. It and should also be wider compared so, to another building, of course. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes, it is. <laughs> and okay, moving right along from Karen B's. Oh no, um, is that yes? Karen B's unkempt bush. That is their name from five dollars. <laughs> uh, Flat Earth Aussie. Why is it getting cold in Australia? It's hotter than your make-believe hell in southern United States. Please explain why. <laughs> yeah, it's also <laughs> bloody boiling right now in Scotland when I'm only like 400 miles from the Arctic Circle. Why is that? Come on. Come on. The question was asked for me, and quite simple in our model, is because the sun throughout the year, as it spirals higher above us, it um, creates a, an apparently smaller circle, which as it comes through the firmament, makes it appear to go in a smaller circle while still maintaining the same speed. And that direct light is most concentrated on the inner side of our flat stationary Earth, even though the sun itself is always going around the equator. And then as the sun gets lower and lower towards the firmament, it appears to go in a much bigger circle, which gives the opposite season on the other side of the equator Exactly as you would expect in our model if you take the time to stop and research it rather than just ridicule it and think you know it all. Because of a tilted, wobbling, spinning space ball where the sun is actually three million miles further away in your summer, makes no sense. Yeah. No, that absolutely makes 100% sense uh, because the distance away from the sun really doesn't make that much difference. It's the angle of the tilt that makes the difference in the seasons. For instance, at the equator, you have a much more direct uh, amount of uh, light hitting the um the, the globe right but if like you're at scotland where i am up here that means that the same amount of light hitting that point has to spread over a greater distance meaning that yeah, it's going to yeah. be colder because you receive less energy per square meter it's the tilt of the earth that causes the seasons which is why at the moment you are cold in australia and i am fucking boiling in scotland um the sun in its magic orbit around the uh, the flat earth, which by the way, how the fuck does that happen? Does not explain the things that happen with the seasons in reality. And then so well, flat earth Aussie, it was a question for you. So we're gonna let you finish and then we're gonna move on to the next question. Well, it, it explains it exactly the same way. You call it the tilt of the earth. I just call it the angle of view of the sun reaching through the atmosphere. So the more atmosphere it goes through, the more atmosphere absorbs the light and so it doesn't get as hot and that creates opposite seasons you know both models work but ours has the less ridiculous assumption of being a tilted wobbling ball spinning through space and all right moving forward and we're going to be moving into regular questions but if you have a super chat that gets your question moved right up to the front. So feel free to send those in. But from re-effer-shares, I'm probably butchering that, fight the flat earth. 
yeah, NASA hasn't created the model for flat Earth because it has the incentive to lie to you for your tax dollars. Okay, NASA doesn't lie to you. NASA is a government agency that just do as they are told. They don't even get a say as to what they do with their uh, with the money that they get. It's it, you know they get told what to do by the government. Um, NASA don't lie to us. There's never been any evidence that NASA have lied to us. Uh, and also, NASA are nothing to do with the heliocentric model. Nothing at all. The heliocentric model is very separate to NASA. And also, NASA don't care what flat earthers think and prove, uh, you know, are going to prove absolutely nothing to you because they're busy trying to go back to the moon. <laughs> oh, you're funny, Craig. A question or a comment. Is that of Operation Paperclip? <laughs> yeah, that's a whole bunch of nonsense. Oh, and yeah. A question from or a comment from TikTok. James, I love what you did with your hair. Thank you so very much. Uh, from... You're much better looking today, James. I don't know what you've done, but you, I mean, you, you're a vision today compared to how you normally look, James. Uh, started, so good job. Started moisturizing. That's the key. Uh, that, that's what it is. Excellent. <laughs> uh, who was Warren Von Braun? Who was Warner von Braun? He was Werner a von Braun? scientist yeah. that, that came came from uh, Germany. Sorry, who was that too? Sorry, was that me I or? I think that's at, at Fight the Flat Earth. Yep. Yeah. So Warner von Braun yeah. was a rocket scientist that happened to come from Germany. Um, that, yeah, that's about in it. Operation Paperclip, which was the found one of the founding fathers of NASA, who has on yeah, his and... grave as quote from the Bible, which as a particular Psalms quote, which says that the firmament uh -huh. showeth the handiwork of God. So why would exactly. the founding father and... of NASA, a rocket scientist? Have a beautiful quote on his grave, like he's sending us a message from down the grave. Um, well, he was a religious person, um, so there's that. And uh, uh. he thinks that, you know, space and everything, the expanse is a representation of God's handiwork. Uh, he does, when The firmament that he's referring to does not mean a magical dome, because if you actually look at the actual translation of what firmament means in the Bible, it means expanse and not dome. Yeah. So Stripped he was literally referring to he was literally referring to the expanse of space and how that shows God's handiwork, which is a nice way to think about it. I don't think there's a God, but if there is a God, then that's a pretty amazing thing he's done by making this wonderful, vast, expansive universe. Yeah, yeah. And Nazi propaganda agent the founding father of nasa nasty. which also means to deceive and yeah they've never lied to us yeah right no, no, he, you're living in a delusional you got, you got world in, uh, you got any evidence that he lied or are you just making claims again it's all propaganda the whole moon mission was propaganda so you say claims without evidence will be dismissed without evidence and fight they gets the last the word it's his question yeah Either way it goes uh, it goes one of them, Brom, did not think the Earth was flat. He was referring to the expanse of space in that uh, thing that he said on his uh, gravestone. Um, also, he wasn't a Nazi. He just worked for the Nazi party because that's what he was told to do. And $5 super chat from Johnny Marr. Why can't I see? Is that the Magnolelic? It looks like. A bunch of words. Mandalatic cloud, yeah. Yeah, clouds from Scotland if Earth is flat. Well, you can't see the Eiffel Tower from Scotland either. I mean, there's... We oh, can only see clouds in the sky, though. 
at sea level is only about three miles. And that's the same applies to the stars as well. The more you travel, the different stars you'll see. You'll see different mountains. You'll see different cities. You'll see different landscapes. You'll see different everything. The stars do the same thing. That's just the beauty of traveling. If you want to see different things, you travel. You can't see it all from sitting at home. Yeah, the uh, angelic cloud is, you know, literally a galaxy. And, you know, when you're looking at the sky, it would appear as stars and stuff. So you would be able to see it from wherever you are on the flat Earth. Just quickly, if I could just show this. Um, I made this model based on reality. Uh, this would assume that the Earth is flat and the sun is 5,000 miles above us. And as you can see, as you go through it, there is zero points at all ever where the sun would go out of your view, meaning that no matter how far away the sun was on a flat Earth, um, it would always be in view. And that means that the stars, well, which are further right away than that, that means that the stars, which are further away than the sun, would also always be in view. Perspective yes, well, does not lie, and this is perspective. Also, notice how the sun gets smaller as it goes away. I told you, though, Craig, which you explained to you, that we have the firmament and it's only about 60 or 70 miles high above us. And that is where the sun and the stars create their personal apparitions to us. So, of course, you're not going to see them across the entire so I, I also, final I also, word on that. I got to move on. Even though yeah, I, I did. I did the model about a hundred miles ago. You can still see it. So I didn't quite hear the last thing that uh, that you said, Flat Earth Aussie. Uh, say the last thing that you said. That oh, that's probably because, because Craig keeps talking over me every time I try to speak anything. But as I'm saying, if the firmament is where the light itself is first appears as our personal apparition of things that are much higher above us, then that is why you will only see them locally, and that. Oh, I'm getting an echo. Getting an echo um, yeah, I can't think with an echo happening. Are you getting the echo? No. No. Okay. Must so. be just me. Um, yeah, we're, we're seeing things locally. So when you look at your simplistic model, yes, if something is 5,000 miles away, it should be visible everywhere on Earth. But regardless of it being 5,000 miles away, the apparition of it is much 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 closer it's only like 70 miles away so you can't see it for whatever so you're trying to claim magic. which is a very simplistic understanding of the model uh, yeah you don't, you don't have a model when i just use actual perspective and maths so um it's simple alpha equals two times r tan of g over two r as i said if there's a firmament there then that is acting as a lens locally where yeah, we no see our personal apparitions of things. So, you know, if you're looking at something through this lens of the firmament, it could be 5,000 miles high, but it's still only appearing to us at 70 miles. And so that's what uh, creates your problem, is that you're assuming this 70-mile thing should be able to um, cover 5,000 miles. That's never going to happen. There we go. $5 so super chat from JTD Turbo. What gives the sun the extra energy it needs to go from a smaller rotation in a center to a bigger rotation on their outer sides? Yes, well, as I explained, it doesn't. It takes the same size circuit the entire time, which matches the equator. That's why we have the two equinoxes or the two middle points, as we see in the sun and a lemma. But as the sun gets higher above the firmament, 
it appears to be in a smaller circle. And that's what's mapped in the analemma. You can see the top half of the analemma is a much smaller appearing part of an infinite figure eight system, simply because it is higher. But the apparition itself still appears in the firmament, hence the angular size of the sun always appears the same. So it doesn't need to speed up or slow down or gain extra energy or do any of these things. It's just simply on a spiral upwards to June 22nd, downwards to December 22nd, two equinoxes at the mid-crossover points of the analemma, as we see. So it, it makes perfect sense on the station. Yeah, but what, uh, his question was, what's, what's making that change? Ross, his question was, what's making that change? So you're saying that it spirals up and down. So what would be the force that causes that yeah. spiral up and down? Because that's an acceleration. So where's that force coming from? Oh, who, who knows what causes it? You know, oh, right. We can so only know magic. so much. We can observe what happens, but we don't know why it happens. Well, you don't know why we stay locked in place around the sun when if we're just yes, missing it, we should be flying off into space every time. You just invent gravity. gravity, but then you also need to dark matter to stop us from colliding into it. Um, gravity doesn't work that way. So if you just miss something, you go flying off. In the opposite oh, you don't excuse me. Gravity doesn't work that way. No the fuck you know about gravity? gravity. You cannot say you gravity works that way because you have. Uh, yeah. no, 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 sorry, Ross. No, 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 no. You cannot. You cannot say. No, stop, 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 stop. You cannot say gravity doesn't work that way because you don't know anything about gravity. Your straw man does not. Shut up, guys, guys, guys. We're getting. No, you don't. You don't. No, you don't. You don't understand it, Ross. You don't understand it. Your straw man is not an. Uh, uh, no, I'm talking. I'm talking right now. I'm talking right now. I'm talking right now. I'm talking right now. Okay. Okay. I'm right now. We're gonna pull. We're gonna, if, if I could finish what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, actually, so that'll that'll be the order. We're gonna let fight the yeah. flat Earth finish his statement. Then we'll turn it to flat Earth Aussie, and then flat Earth Aussie might have a new rival in the next question. So it's exciting. All right. Hey, floor is yeah. yours. Yeah, so uh, no, you do not understand orbits as you just demonstrated by not understanding gravity. The model we have of gravity perfectly explains orbits. Your ignorance of how orbits work is not evidence against them. Do not say that that's not how gravity works because here's the fact, the fuck you know about gravity? Zero. <laughs> so Flat Earth Aussie, you're going to have your statement and that's going to be the final statement that we move on to the next question. So awesome. floor is Look, yours. Just because I disagree with gravity does not mean for one second I don't understand it. I grew up with all the same information as you. I believed in all the same stuff. It's my turn, Craig. You can sit there quietly now and listen. Um, and I understand though. all these things. And I explained in my opening oh, statement how if one body is moving and one body is going around that, then the one body oh. that's moving, like the Earth, is 7,000 miles per hour. Then the other bodies going around it must be slowing down as they get in front to <laughs> fall back around behind and then accelerate to get back in front again. That is exactly how it should be working. And if you say that's in free fall motion and it just constantly misses, then the first time it misses, it should just keep flying off in a straight direction, just as what happens if, say, for example, we have like a hammer throw, you swing it around and around and around, and it will stay in orbit around you while it's on its tether. But the minute you let it go, it goes flying off in a straight direction. There is no logical explanation for why a thing would keep going around perpetually once it's off its tether. There's there you none. Go. Gravity! Oh, you oh, fucking oh, retard. Gravity! Oh! 
Infinity. That's going to be the last point. I love you both. All right. Uh, Craig, <laughs> you're going to you're going to be able to channel that energy. Ten dollars. Oh, sorry. sorry. From <laughs> send in hearts both from Lunar Node. Why is oh, Craig so ignorant that falling is the relationship between two things in item and the medium it exists in saying just relative density? You're changing it to one thing, and that's a straw man. No, um, a change in density is still density. Relative density it literally isn't a thing, and it, it's not a force. Uh, I'm talking about an acceleration that is measurable. Um, you're obviously a uh, you know s- uh, student of the Nathan Jokely sleeping moron uh, school of thought. Uh, disequilibrium is not a force. Everything that you are talking about is just variables in the buoyancy equation. The medium, that's part of the buoyancy equation. The volume displaced, that's part of the buoyancy equation. The downward acceleration, that's part of the buoyancy equation. You cannot describe mathematically the things that you are talking about by saying relative density. And me saying that density, and you claiming that's a straw man, is absolutely ridiculous because density is density. Mass over volume is a thing. Changing the density only affects the variable of the buoyancy equation as density is not a force. Changing the density is also not a force. All right. And Tim Pryor for $5.00. What's more logical, that you're smarter than billions and all of science, or are, or are, that maybe you're dumber? Uh oh, there are two rivals. I think option B for 500. What's more likely is that most people only are as intelligent as the things that they were taught. And if they were taught something wrong in the first place, then they continue to believe that and they continue to teach that down throughout the ages, then, of course, your intelligence level is going to be reasonably low. Every now and then, of course, we say that a certain genius comes along and he changes the school of thought. So there's no reason why in this day and age we can't still have new people come along with new ideas to change the way we thought of things throughout the centuries and realise that, hey, we were wrong. It's okay to admit we were wrong about certain things. And... The idea of being on this spinning space wall has just jumped from one ludicrous lie to another to the point where now it's not even heliocentric anymore. It used to be geocentric when we first believed it was a globe. Then it became heliocentric to say we're going around the sun. But now we say that it's you know some other center, the great attractor or whatever that everything hurls and whirls around. But really, if we just look out logically and say, hey, nothing's moving at all. What we see is what we get. You don't have to imagine all these fantastic speeds we were wrong. Let's move on. Let's accept, hey, yeah, water is level. Yeah, all land is above water level. We don't have to keep believing in lies just because we inherited them from people who we thought were smart in the past. $2 from Toby. Amy, please tell Fight the Flat Earth. Toby says hi. Cheers. Hi, hi Toby. Um, thank you. from Kang024. Aussie, with your extensive knowledge on gravity, please explain the results from the LIGO experiments, L-I-G-O. From the Go Lie experiments, um, I'm not totally clued in on what the 
the LIGO thing is all about. So you're asking the wrong person. Um, sorry. Uh, would you like me to briefly explain it to you? Well, explain it to the person who asked the question. I don't really so care. The, the LIGO experiment, uh, the LIGO installations, there's many of them around the world. They, uh, they're basically massive interferometers uh, and they use um, the speed of light to measure gravitational waves that were put out by, you know, new things that create large gravitational accelerations, uh, neutron stars colliding and things like that. Um, and they, they're so sensitive that they can actually detect a warping of space time, um, which is how we are able to uh, <laughs> detect a, a gravitational wave because the warping of space time changes the, 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 the time that the light takes to travel from one end of the interferometer to the other. Uh, so the, the LIGO installations, uh, are, as well as you know, confirming a lot of Einstein's predictions around gravity, are also excellent um, evidence that the Earth isn't flat because they are you know, three kilometer <laughs> long, completely flat things that have to be flat for the lasers to fire along, uh, with one end higher above the ground than the other, showing that they are flat, but not level. So yeah, that's what they are. <laughs> completely flat, but not level, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And all right, we're gonna, that looks like we're coming into some normal chats and we'll blast through Bye. those. But if you have any more super chats for our two interlocutors, feel free to send them in. Let's see. Fight the Flat Earth. Has Ross brought anything for Flat Earth other than water looks flat eat? Sorry, what I cut out for a second there. Did I miss that something? It looks yeah. like he's asking if he ha, well, has Ross brought anything, anything uh, for Flat Earth other than water looks flat eat? Which I think is slang for tossing. Yeah, uh, you know, he didn't bring any evidence. This is what Flat Earth does. They never bring evidence. They only bring their own misunderstanding of physics, like Ross constantly claiming he understands gravity and then describing how he doesn't understand gravity. That's just how it goes. Well, I think water level speaks for itself. I don't really need to describe anything <laughs> other right. than the fact that it is a universal measurement of level. That's how we do it. It doesn't measure curve. You claim you've measured curve over water, but um, I think you're just misapplying how convergence actually works. Like on the on the um the spaceball model that you believe in, technically what you're saying when we observe the horizon visibly rise with us, it's almost as though you're saying we all live with a golf ball dimple. So we all live in a golf ball dimple world. The horizon always rises to eye level around us because that is how the horizon is defined is by eye level. And I've proven that I have a video on my channel, which with the word convergence in the title, if you'd care to look at it, and it shows 100% how the horizontal line of sight is always horizontal as you move in change in height. If you look down a brick wall, one line of sight is horizontal and that's the one at eye level and everything converges upwards beneath it and everything above it converges downwards. That is how our vision works. So the horizon must always be at eye level. So as we rise in our personal golf ball dimple, then the dimple expands with us and gets bigger and bigger. And then as we go lower, it shrinks with us. This is the belief of the heliocentrist who thinks we live Stroman. on the wall. Is we straw man, no, no, no straw man. Not allowed to straw man. 
you don't get to, you don't get you don't get to tell me what my belief is by strawmanning me. Uh, and no, the horizon does not rise to eye level because what I'm what I'm showing you right now. Trying to you somebody of intelligence. The horizon. The horizon does not rise to eye level. As I am showing you right now, this is eye level. And their moon and the horizon are both below eye level. Also, here is another shot of eye level with the horizon below eye level. The horizon 100% does not rise to eye level unless you are claiming that the moon is below the horizon and you can see through it. Debunked. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? We can't see through the horizon because the horizon is eye level. That's how conversion. Oh right, so works. the horizon's invisible here, then. Is it? Everything. Please tell me in the, right in this picture I'm showing you right now, Ross. Where's the horizon? Um, because eye level is the center there. The moon is below eye level. The moon no, no, is no, below no. your. Yes, it is. Eye level is the middle there. The it shows you what I let. Uh, no, the uh, no. Uh, look at the angles. Look at the angles at the side. It is completely level. It's showing you that this is completely level. And again, here it's using the water level that you were talking about to show that the horizon is below the eye level. You are wrong. I am showing you evidence right now that the horizon does not rise to eye level. Please do not strawman me by saying that I live in a dimple world because that is your nonsense strawman. You are wrong. Horizon no, does not no, rise to eye level. Here is the evidence right now. Unless you're going to say that this is fake, you lose that point. Okay, so yes, we can use instruments to prove altitude Altitude is a different level from eye level, the visual phenomenon of what occurs. Uh, no, in the, our the, eyes. the one on the right there is determining eye level. Uh, this is actually an eye level. It determines what is eye level. On my phone, to be honest, you know, they're tiny little images to me, but I, I can take you on your word for it. And yes, that's what instruments are useful for to overcome the limitations of our human eyesight, because human it eyesight causes eye level. to converge horizontally to the eye level that's where the term comes from and if you use yeah, but the horizon doesn't place the eye level your actual altitude that will make it appear as though it will show you your true height above the horizon but if you had your eyes at water level then of course then your horizon would be truly at eye level but we know we're yeah, above the horizon we know that for a fact, but why is the water even appearing to rise up at all in the first place? It, it doesn't why? rise That's up. Because it, it, does, does, it is. It doesn't it's rise up. Ross, 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 your claim was that your, your claim was that the horizon rises to eye level. This is showing that your yeah, claim is yeah. wrong. Can you be honest and admit but that why you were is wrong? It appearing to rise up at all. At all. It, it's, it's not appearing to rise up. It's falling at the predicted rate. It's falling right. at the predicted rate. It yes, it is. It's falling at the, the, the horizon falls at the predicted rate. Uh, no, the horizon falls at the predicted rate. The horizon falls at the predicted rate. Ross, Ross, listen, listen to the words, Ross. Ross, listen to the words. The horizon falls at the predicted rate. I am showing you evidence right now that the horizon does not rise to... I am showing you evidence right now that the horizon does not rise to eye level. Can you be honest... And uh, Ross, can you be honest and admit that you were wrong? Can you be you're honest and admit that you were wrong? Guys, you're talking at the same time. Level. How are you both? I know he, he he won't he won't answer the question. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, right, Ross. I'm gonna ask you once more. Ross, stop, stop, stop. Ross, stop, stop. 
Stop. Take a deep breath, why? boss. Why can't I, Craig? I'm going. Why, why I'm going to ask. Because I'm trying to ask you a specific question, and you are just rambling on without listening to the Ross. Shh. Take a deep breath and listen. I am showing you evidence. I am showing you evidence right now that the horizon does not categorically rise to eye level. Can you be honest and admit that you were wrong? Is my turn there? Can you be honest and admit that you were wrong? And so Flat Earth Aussie, it doesn't matter what you say, if you can agree, disagree, but your response will be the last thing and then we're moving on to another question. Okay, I will agree that I am not wrong at all because there is no reason for any of that water whatsoever to appear to rise up any amount whatsoever. All you are doing is using an instrument to show altitude. You are not showing eye level. Eye level is what creates your horizontal view. It's a natural factor of convergence and perspective that you cannot deny. So you are wrong by assuming that showing altitude is showing eye level. You're using an instrument to overcome the limitations of human vision. And you think you're making a point to prove me wrong, which there's no reason why any of that water should appear to rise up whatsoever at all. It should be curving away immediately. We know that the water is beneath us for a fact. But when you look at it visually, it appears to rise up to the middle of your field of vision. And that's called convergence. It's an inescapable law of vision and Globe heads have just claimed that one as evidence of curvature. Yet all you need to do is get up higher to realize there was never any curvature there in the first place. $5 super chat from Tim Pryor. I think this is a response to his last super chat uh, for Aussie. Got it. So you think you're smarter than billions and all science, even people that have spent their life studying the planet. Oh, fighting words. Well, you know, I'm I'm just as entitled as anybody else to study the planet too and to devote my life to it, which I do in my spare time. I find the flat earth thing absolutely fascinating. From a young age, I'd climb not learn a large that. headland at ocean and with the most beautiful views, and I could see so far, it was literally mind-blowing. And, you know, I believe <sighs> I lived on a spinning ball back in those days. So I've just got, I'm just as entitled as all these people over the centuries to study the exact same things that they've studied, but I also live in the modern age where I'm privy to so much more information. We've got the internet at our fingertips. We can search other people's information. We can argue backwards and forwards and you know, we, we've got so much more knowledge available to us instantly now than any of those people throughout the previous century ever had. And they were basically going off guesswork and previous studies and maybe some very esoteric sort of knowledge. You know. They understood that. Right? to the same thing. So, thanks, Craig. That's great. Um, and what, from... Oh. Sorry. Nope, $5 from Rodent No Last Name. More funny hey, words for uh, for you, Aussie. Are your toenails as long as your beard? Have you left your chair in the last 30 years? <laughs> uh, no, I trim my toenails. They, they um, punch holes through the, my steel cap boots. Otherwise, I trim my fingernails as well. I just like letting my beard flow because it's... um. I think it's one of those things, a bit like a cat having whiskers and a bit like some of the psychics of the past. They pick up greater knowledge by having this sensitivity of being able to pick up on things that are um, blind to, say, 
little boys who can't grow facial hair. I mean, it is an epic beard. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm just too evolved to be able to do that, but it is an epic beard. I guess, yeah. Yep. Five dollars from Tim Pryor. He's really coming after you, Ozzy. He says, also, also, if gravity is fake, then why do millions of people have jobs depending on its existence? Well, I don't really think anybody has a, a job dependent on its existence. I mean, we all live on the earth. We're all more dense than the air. And um, relative density, I think, works perfectly fine with or without gravity. You don't have to have an invisible pulling force to make things find their place according to the relative density. It just does it naturally. And gravity is really just, as I say, it's a measurement of distance at time. It's, it's not a, a pulling force due to the virtue of mass. If such was the case, the whole universe should collapse on itself, hence dark matter. So, uh, whatever's on, depending just, on that. Do you, do you think acceleration is distance over time? I just pardon? Do you think that acceleration is distance over time? Well, no, that's what gravity is used as in formula. No, 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 it's not, it's not, G, G is an acceleration. <laughs> Do you think that acceleration is distance over time? I've just picked up. How, how, well, it can be, yeah. For, no, 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 what's the formula for acceler acceleration, Ross? The formula for acceleration, uh, yeah. it's getting faster. Yeah, you, you've, claimed several times the things God. get faster that's called acceleration um no it, it yeah but no, you, 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 yeah, yeah you, you've said several times that acceleration is distance over time and i've just picked up on that no no gravity gravity your g in your formula yeah which is an acceleration so again it's an g is an acceleration so do you think that acceleration is distance over time well yeah you can't accelerate without going over distance and the time can be measured according to human convention if you so so wish to but that's velocity not acceleration that's it velocity not acceleration acceleration is the change in velocity over the change in time it's not it's not distance over time jesus yeah, christ boy, i've boy, just boy, i've just been listening to everything that you i just wow isn't boy, so, lack of acceleration okay no, it's really not. But again, Ross, you, I'm sorry, I've just clicked on this, but you've been claiming during this whole thing, I've, I've just picked up on this, but you've been claiming during this whole thing that acceleration is distance over time. Ross, do you realize how monumentally dumb that is? You're the one telling the story, mate. You're the one claiming. No, it's not, not a story. Not me. But it's you. You, you. You are the one that has been claiming that gravity is distance over time because of an acceleration. Acceleration is not distance over time. It's change in velocity over change in time. And so please at least try and get some of the basics right. You're going to respond what? and then we're going to move on if you wish. And then we're going to move on to the next question. Uh, I think it's we can just move on. Sounds good. Always want to give the person who had the question the chance moving along to Roy Lu for $5. Flatters, why are the stars turning counterclockwise in the north and clockwise in the south? Uh, all the stars rotate the same direction around Polaris, 
And so if you get, move away far enough from Polaris, you can't see it, then obviously you've got your back to it. So if you're looking the other direction, then of course it will appear the stars are going in the other direction. I don't see them going around a um, centre point here in the south. That's claimed they do. But when I see the Southern Cross, which I see every night of the year, all year round, which should be impossible if we're on the other side of the sun looking the other direction at night time, we should be seeing 100% completely different stars every six months. But I see the Southern Cross every night of the year. And when I look in the morning as it's starting to get bright, the Southern Cross has drifted far off to the west, by which stage the sun becomes bright enough and it vanishes from view. And that's exactly as we'd imagine. Just as the sun is the hour hand of a 24-hour clock going around above us, the stars are um, similar, but they're doing four minutes faster than the sun, hence the sidereal day. And so that is why people in other southern continents also see the same stars at their local night time. That's why we have time zones. Wherever the sun is overhead is midday, and obviously the opposite side is midnight. And so all the sun and stars are moving around above us, and it makes perfect sense to me um, how we see them the way we see them. $5 from Damien Guy. Aussie, why does Foucault's pendulum have a 24-hour procession? I've seen one of them in person, have you? Yeah, when I was an exchange student in the US, when I was 16, I was one of the youngest of the exchange students. I spent a year over there. We went to this San Francisco um, Science Museum and I saw a Foucault's pendulum and I thought it was quite fascinating. Um, But apparently they need to be reset every day. Most of them are mechanical. They're not even operating via natural forces, as it's claimed. And so, yeah, I think appealing to a pendulum, which is a parlor trick to prove uh, motion of the Earth is... It's a bit of a, a child's game, really, and I don't fall for it for one second. Five dollars from Fred Farkle. Fight the flat Earth. Can we see Mike the kitten? I'm paraphrasing the last bit. He says he is the most entertaining uh, person here. I think you mean Dave the kitten, um, and I'm pretty sure he's asleep with my wife at the moment. But. Um... Oh my god, I, I do love. I'll show you. I'll show you a picture of Dave the kitten instead, because uh, Dave the kitten is my new favorite member of the McNeil household. Look at this gorgeous thing. He's. Uh, I think he's just turned about ten weeks. Um, this was a photo of him when he was about seven weeks. Look at look at that little beard he's got. Isn't that gorgeous? Little like um, soul patch. I fucking love this kitten. <laughs> Sorry, I, I love I love cats and I love my cats. I love them to bits. And this dude is so cool. That's okay. I would say we, we're always pro-kitten. Unless there's a debate topic on that, in which place we're a neutral platform. JJ yeah. Turbo. Like, you know, <laughs> a dozen kittens say I'm sort of every night, back when I had my pet store. Um, one of my favorite stories actually is telling the story about my daughter. Um, when she was only about four or so, she, uh, she popped up in the middle of the night. I had this one particular kitten that was like climbing the curtains, climbing everything. I'm staying up late at night. Climbing up my leg all night, I finally got so sick of it because it was annoying the heck out of me. I went and locked it in this little carry cage for a little while just to calm it down, hopefully go to sleep. And it started meowing a little bit. And out comes my little daughter, you know, three or four years old, opens it up, lets it out, goes back to bed. And then in the morning, I said, did you remember doing that? She had no recollection of it whatsoever. It's just a natural instinct for her to hear this poor little kitten in distress to come and let it free. I thought that was so cool. I think we can all agree, Ross, that kittens are awesome, right? Ladies and gentlemen, we have found agreement tonight. We are (laughs) pro-kitten. We all (laughs) love pussy. 
JDT Turbo for $2 says, what's 2 plus 4 plus 2 times 0 equal? We're zero. really coming to the big answers tonight, but send in love. And also, wrote it, no last name, for $5. Fight the flat earth. What works on a flat earth that doesn't work on a globe earth? Nothing. Nothing works on the flat Earth. <laughs> the flat Earth has Everything zero happens. explanations for, for things. Flat Earth can't explain perspective. Flat Earth can't explain measurements. Flat Earth can't explain why the sun moves or orbits. Flat Earth can't explain why the sun sets. Flat Earth can't explain why there's a horizon. Uh, flat Earth can't explain the seasons. Flat Earth can't make any predictions. There is nothing that works on a flat Earth. And the simple reason for that is because the Earth isn't flat. Everything that works on the globe Earth works equally well on the flat Earth. In fact, it works Incorrect. simple without extrapolating huge assumptions and all the rest. You have to assume gravity to make the globe Earth work. We don't have to assume no anything. We just make observations of reality as it is, and they all work perfectly fine. All measurements work. All perspective works. The sun sets. <laughs> Show me a measurement, well. you liar. Beg your pardon? Show me a measurement. You also, can. Do not also, say there's measurements because that's a lie. Aussie, but you want me to pull out a ruler? And then fight, uh, have the last comment, and then we're going on. Yeah, everything that is assumed to, to only work because of a globe actually works just as well, if not better, on the stationary planar <laughs> Earth fixed at the bottom of the known universe, including the lack of parallax in any stars ever seen over thousands of years. <laughs> So, uh, parallax has been measured. Go to mctune.net forward slash Polaris, and you can actually see the measurements of stars moving over years. Uh, just because you say it isn't there doesn't mean it's true when the it's measurements exist. Measurements, I have measurements of it. I have measurements of it, and the zodiacs have changed because of the change in positions of stars. That's why they're called the faithful 12 apostles of the sun god, isn't it? Because they don't change. They are faithful, they are constant, they are constellations, constant constellations. It's They've never changed. Yeah, they have. And there we go. And now, but a question for Ozzy, for $5 from Pivot Cryroy, can you explain how relative density applies a directional movement vector to an object. Yeah, yeah, basically, the more dense something is, the more resistance it gives something. And so because a thing of mass obviously has weight, which is where the word gravity even comes from. It's from the Latin word gravis, or G-R-A-V-I-S, which literally means weight. And so a heavier weight will displace a lesser one unless it's of sufficient resistance to stop it. And that direction just happens to be down like there's, there's no real particular rhyme or reason except that's just how it is so first of all in the first rule of science is you make your observation what is happening naturally naturally things go down why do they go down well because the thing beneath it is insufficient to give it enough resistance to stop it if the thing is sufficiently dense enough to resist it it stops it why down that's, that's that. so why down why not up because that's where it goes. That's why the ground is beneath why? us. The air is above why? it because relative why? density. Why? Relative density. Why do, why do things not relative go up density. when uh, 
Let, why do things not go up when it's less dense above us than it is below? Uh, there's well, less dense up. So why don't things? Oh, yeah, but that's buoyancy. Because, uh, because why? Why if I why have I dropped this glass right, right now? Right, would it not go up? Uh, why okay, why have I dropped this glass right now? Would it guys, go up guys, instead of down? Let's let so fight the flat Earth. Get your question out, and then flat Earth. Your question, your answer will be the last thing, and we'll move on. So this glass is more dense than the air around it. Agreed. However, the air above the glass is less dense than the air below it. So why, when I let it go, would it go down and not up? Why that direction specifically? Because, Craig, less dense air does not offer more resistance. None of the air offers resistance. The ground offers resistance. So it goes to the place of resistance through the path of least resistance. Now, yes, you say it's less resistant above, but Mm -hmm. it's not resistant enough to give it buoyancy. So why why does it go down, though? Why does it go down, though? What made it go down? What's beneath it doesn't resist it. And that is where... No, 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 no. no. Why did it go... No, I'm not talking about what stopped it going down. Why did it go down in the first place? Well, as, as I've said... The first rule of science is to make the observation. If it does uh-huh. go down, we don't have to just to say why. We just say yes, that you do. it does. Uh, I, actually, that, you do because then that that's the next step. Uh, science requires so the you then a hypothesis and a prediction. You are stopping an observation, which means that you are practicing pseudoscience. No, I'm saying it does go down. Why does it why? stop is, is the question. And it stops. And no, no, why does it go down? place of resistance. I didn't ask why it stopped. I said, why does it go down? To give it buoyancy. Five dollars. It's above it either. So why does it go down and not up? You can't answer, you lose. Come on, let Amy ask me. Five dollars from Tim Pryor. This is the same guy who's been asking about the consensus of scientists. Well, he's saying, so no answer then? Just blah, blah, blah? More Uh fight? Um, I guess, yeah. yeah. Eric for four ninety nine, the flat Earth guy. Once the gases hey, reach freezing height, the density would increase exponentially. Why doesn't it then fall? That's a great question, and I think that would be due to the actual air pressure itself actually acts as a cushion, so it sort of like floats above it. So um. And obviously, if it expands right across the whole expanse, then the very edges where the highest mountains existed in Antarctica would support it much like the edges of a lake become the basic, the, the supports of the ice above the water. You know, like um, it's obviously we're in a some sort of depression filled with air and gases, and that creates the cushion which keeps the firmament floating atop us. That'd be my guess. Uh, Tim Pryor, $5, but no question attached. So thank you so very much, Tim. Here's Tim. Hold on, hold on, Ozzy. You remember when I sent you $20 because uh, you were complaining about having no money and being ill? And I thought, even though I disagree with everything you say, I'm going to try and be nice and help you out. And I sent you $20 to the, the thing that you asked me to. And then you started laughing at me because yeah, well, you got me to send that money to your fake girlfriend um, when I was trying to help you. I uh, like so I, I was, you know, say you 
Yeah, yeah, you're fake fiance. My beautiful, yeah. faithful fiance. Still yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely fake. Finished. It does not exist at all, fiance. Yeah, you've got me to send her money instead of it sending it to well, you, which I was trying to do to help you out. Right. So I there's that. I would never accept oh, it. So even anyway, though I'm anyway, trying to be nice, I, I saw that another human being was in need. And I thought, you know what? Even though I think the guy is a douchebag and an idiot, I'm going to try and help him out and send him some money. <laughs> but you instead said, no, I'm not taking that money uh, and gave it away to somebody else when I was trying to help well, you and be nice. That just shows what kind of love person you are. Support well, is And so it just saved um, transfer fees, didn't it? By sending it directly to her. He did me a favor. So you were lying about you needing the money then. You were lying about you needing the money. Okay, guys. Daryl Jackson, $10. Question for Ozzy. If there is a dome around the earth, then are there meteors that you can occasionally see inside the dome? If not, then how do they enter Earth's atmosphere if the dome is blocking it? That's a great question too, and for one thing, I, as I've already said, I don't actually appeal to a dome myself. I think it's a, a flat firmament, and I believe there could be all manner of different things creating those appearances. Where they could be on the other side of the firmament, they could be this side, they could be ejected out of a volcano. I have really no explanation for them, but if ever somebody finds a true meteorite and proves it to be a bit of rock falling from space, I'd be quite interested to um, investigate that myself. Probably just fell off the moon or something. Who knows? <laughs> Five dollars from Alison. Can you can you explain why I have to account for Earth being a globe when I want to calculate accurate distances from my flight plans? Not sure who's that. Can you explain why I have to account for Earth being a globe? Oh, okay. I think that is well, what I want to see. When I want to calculate okay. well, well, accurate distances from my flight plans. Because if you were trying to calculate for a globe, not only do you have to calculate for the fact that the equator is spinning over a thousand miles per hour, which is about 1.35 times the speed of sound, you also have to account for the fact that it's orbiting the sun. And that's going at 67,000 miles per hour, which means the Earth itself in a 24-hour period has moved 1.6 million miles in just one day. So how anything could take off the surface of Earth and keep up with it if it was a globe, according oh. to the heliocentric model, like you can't calculate that. It's impossible to do. What you do is you calculate the fact that the Earth isn't moving, it isn't spinning, we take off from one spot, we fly A to B across it, and if our charts were originally created according to ever larger circles getting bigger and bigger around the North Pole, as they were, then you might have to account for the fact that um, you know, your, your North is always going to be adjusting as you go East or West, and you'd be calculating for that. But if you just went in a straight line from point A to point B, as most pilots are smart enough to do to save on fuel, give or take, you know, different wind speeds, then you don't account for it being a globe at all. So no pilot um, ever takes in the fact of the curvature, the spin, or the orbital rate. None of those things are ever calculated for because it doesn't exist. So pilots absolutely do take the curvature into account. The formula that they use to calculate their routes is called the Haversine formula, which is literally designed to only work on a globe. All flight planning is designed on a globe. Uh, this is confirmed by pilots. You literally cannot do your long distance flight planning without accounting for the fact that the Earth is a globe. 
with regards to the orbiting and stuff, you need to research the term um, conservation of momentum. Uh, right, so, so Sorry, let, let Amy carry on. Let Amy, car let Amy carry on. You, re you research Let that. Let me carry on. Oh, you don't want me to question your conservation of momentum? Okay. Oh, no, no, oh, you don't understand it, so it's fine. Oh, Did I don't you have a response, Flat Earth? I don't want to... Yeah, if, if I jumped off a speeding train, conservation of momentum should say, I was keep going the speed of the train plus the extra huh? bit of speed I took when I jumped off it. But that's not the case uh -huh. at all. As soon as you jump off, you lose that momentum that you jumped off with and you uh, crash only to the because you have the air as the train speeds away yes but uh, it's the same right. thing for an airplane isn't it the airplane no, it's not the not air. at all no, not at all because the uh the airplane is using the air which rotates with the earth you are talking about someone jumping off of a train and then hitting the air which is still moving with the earth um and you do lose lose speed and stuff on earth because friction and things exist. But, you know, again, planes use the atmosphere and take off with that conservation of momentum. Okay, Coriolis okay. force is so all plane, due to conservation of momentum. Takes off and then changes direction, does that mean yeah. if it's taken off with the direction of the Earth at 1,000 miles per hour, changes direction and it's flying at 500 miles per hour, does that mean it's still going backwards 500 miles per hour in order to be going forwards? So, Ozzy asked the question. So, Flat Earth is yeah. going to answer it but then it's actually his question so he gets to have the final yeah. response uh so you literally just described relative motion yes a plane would be going with the rotation of the earth whilst it was still going the other way so if you were at the equator with a linear velocity of a thousand miles an hour but a plane was going against the rotation of 500 miles an hour that would technically mean it still has a linear velocity to the east of 500 miles an hour whilst going the other way that is relative motion Final comment, Ozzy, and then we're we moving on. Okay, so in other words, you, you're saying that you take off at fifteen hundred miles per hour, and you turn around to go forwards five hundred miles per hour. You're still going backwards a thousand miles per hour because you took off with that momentum. Uh, That's really I, interesting. I know that I was it. a question, <laughs> but I'm gonna two dollars <laughs> from Johnny Marr. Why is there a circular shadow on the moon? Um, if you have a ball on the ground and you take a flat sheet of cardboard and drag it across to create a shadow on the ball, it creates a spherical shadow. So um, while I don't believe for one second that the Earth is what causes that shadow on the moon during a lunar eclipse, um, it doesn't prove anything about the shape of the Earth one way or another. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's no flyer of explanation for eclipse at all, but, you know. There is. Not as we, we know there's other um, celestial bodies out there. Oh, that, um, magic invisible things. Right, I see. Cool. Magic. Good Good answer. No worries. Yeah, there's a dark moon called Lilith that's been well known in Western <laughs> cosmology. There's an invisible dark and moon and called Lilith. Wonderful. They call it Rahu. You don't see a new moon for the same very same reason that you don't see a uh -huh. new moon. Because, because of this magic invisible Lilith. second body, I see. And magic. Is always too close to the sun to be seen. And like you know, I've seen this movie. I've, I've definitely seen this movie. Have Five. you ever seen The New Moon? No, you haven't. Yeah. Dollars from Rodent, no last name. How does the Earth sustain the dome, and where does the dome connect to the Earth? Well, again, that's not a 
great question for me because, as I've said multiple times, I'm not a big believer in an actual dome. But I do believe if it was connected to the Earth, it would be across these highest mountains that are beyond or a part of Antarctica. Um, you know, the whole thing might be completely separate from the Earth, for all I know, but we don't know enough about what's beyond Antarctica. It's sort of, we can't go there. So it's a good question for those who would would like to, to try and go beyond Antarctica. Um, good luck to you. Like the greatest military in the world in Operation Deep Freeze and Operation High Jump, they actually retreated with their tail between their legs and convinced the rest of the world to sign a treaty to make the place forbidden to go to. So... <laughs> Uh, okay, so there's thousands of expeditions across uh, Antarctica all the time. And I actually follow a guy on TikTok who lives, uh, you know, at, at the South Pole um, and, you know, spends all his time in Antarctica. So, no. And well, you did, can you go say that, did, did you say that, did you say that the firmament is resting on massive mountains? Potentially. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> You've got an amazing imagination. <laughs> it's a theory that I like it because it makes a bit of sense, but no, I don't it's know. It's not really a theory, it's it more batshit crazy you imagining. An infinite planar for all we know. And well, so I don't know what's beyond Antarctica. Tim said that he wasn't sure what is the, why his last message didn't get through, but it's coming through now, and he's saying if anybody could find a true meteorite, you know there's people that hunt them and make millions, Right research it and explain how they are wrong yeah i have heard about it um and it's an interesting phenomenon and um, yeah I, that's one thing that i can't explain i so can't if, if meteorites come from space that's cool like maybe space isn't a oh there you go occasionally maybe it melts through oh. and creates a shooting star from Tim Pryor. Ozzy, if I'm spinning at what you consider a thousand miles per hour on a rotating chair, did I travel a thousand miles in one hour or would I be in the same spot? This is why we do not measure rotations in miles per hour. Oh, I've gone through that with him before. Uh, Look, that's crazy. Yeah. That one is crazy. Like people like to say we measure it in RPMs, and so that's fine if you want to measure in RPMs because it sounds feasible to your tiny little brains to think of it as zero point zero zero six nine four RPMs is the same speed as a thousand miles per hour of the surface here. But if you've got the hour hand rotating at that speed and you make it the length of the radius, the R of Earth, 4,000 miles long, then yes, that chair at the end of that long rope spinning at 00.00694 RPMs, he is moving at 1,000 miles per hour, which makes him an invisible blur. A third of the length down that rope is where it's breaking the sound barrier, creating a sonic boom in wake. Halfway down, it's going the speed of a cruising aeroplane at 500 miles per hour. A quarter of the way down, it's going the speed of a Formula One racing car zooming through and when you get it to six inches from the center that's when it's moving half the speed of the hour hand of a clock so anybody that makes that comparison to the earth no, it's always has no idea what they're talking about let me ask you a quick question ross uh, assuming that the earth is a globe rotating at 15 degrees per hour and at the equator that means there's a linear velocity of a thousand miles an hour what would be the linear velocity at the poles 
technically it'd be zero, wouldn't it? Right. So you do understand the difference between linear velocity and rotational velocity. So you understand that it's completely incorrect to say that the Earth is spinning at a thousand miles per hour, right? Absolutely, because it's not moving at all. No, no, no. It, it, even if it, it is rotating at 15 degrees per hour, you understand that it is completely wrong to say the Earth is spinning at a thousand miles per hour. You, you understand why that's wrong, yeah? I guess you could say that, but you would say that a particular place on the surface at the equator is allegedly spinning at 1,040 miles no, per no, hour. No, 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 no. It's not spinning. It's correct. It has a linear. It has a linear velocity of 1,040 miles per hour. Well, it no, is not spinning no, 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 at 1,040 miles per hour because you cannot spin in miles per hour. You can spin in revolutions per minute or you know, in, in radians or you know, in degrees per hour. You cannot spin in miles per hour. Your engine okay, does not spin cool. in miles per hour. Your engine spins at an RPM. So every time okay, a flat okay, earther, every okay, time okay, a flat earther okay. says that the Earth is rotating at a thousand miles per hour, it shows how ignorant flat earthers are about everything they ever talk about. And so, Ozzy, well, so what if we have... turn around and talk about the um, what if we turn around and talk about the orbital rate then at sixty-seven thousand miles per hour? That's also a linear rate. So yeah, it's and that's linear. That's been measured. Yeah, thousand miles per hour. That's more than one thousand miles per hour. So your slow little rotation is nothing compared to this massive sixty-seven thousand mile per hour in a linear speed as well. So yeah, yeah. And do you know what the rotational velocity is for the Earth around the Sun? Is insane. Everything about you know your what, belief is insane. Do you know what the rotational right? Do you know what the rotational velocity of the Earth around the Sun is? Rotational velocity, that's what I said, 67,000 yeah. or 66,000. No, 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 that's a linear, that's a linear speed. That's a linear speed. What is the rotational velocity of the Earth around the sun? Not the linear speed, the no, rotation. Zero. It's zero. It's zero. No. Like, I know it's it, zero. In, in the heliocentric model, Ross, in the heliocentric model, in the heliocentric model, what is the rotational velocity of the Earth around the sun? 67,000 miles per hour. No, that's linear velocity. What is the rotational velocity? Zero. It is one degree per day. And well, slightly less than a degree. Approximately one so degree. Talking per day. in degrees is also another way of obfuscating the truth. You know, if you no, want to obfuscate the truth, not. you'll start talking in. We, we, we just went. We just went through. Ross, like Ross, we just went through how. Ross, we just went through how you cannot talk about. Ross, we just went. Ross, 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 we just went through, and you agreed with me how the Earth has a different linear velocity at different points, and that the rotational velocity is always going to be fifteen degrees per hour. Therefore. The rotational velocity is one degree per day, and that perfectly describes the rotational speed of the Earth around the sun. You have a response, Flatter Thought, is he? And then we're going to move on. It says nothing, because one degree on Earth is 69 miles. If we divide the, the circumference of the Earth into 360 degrees, because we believe it's a circle, one degree is 69 miles. So if you say the, sun, the Earth has only gone one degree per day, 
You're trying to say uh-huh. we've only gone 69 miles. So that's what one degree no, means I... when you put it into that context. No, oh my you know, God. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, Ross, on, on Earth, we have a circumference of 25,000 miles. Wait, will you just straw man? You just straw man me. You've just straw manned me. Let me explain why you're wrong. No, let me explain why you're wrong. Uh, 69, 69 miles. 69 miles. Hold on, you're both talking now. No one can hear. Okay, hold on. Right. Let, let me explain. Stop interrupting me. You stop. You finished your point. Okay. Because you both have points, we're gonna go flat Earth Aussie, fight the flat Earth, and then flat Earth Aussie again because it was his question. So Thank flat you, Earth Aussie. Thank you. Shut that arrogant prick Don't up waffle, to us so I can finish my point. Both when you're you saying are one degree, you've agreed that <laughs> one degree is only 69 miles on Earth, but now no. you're saying that this one degree is also 1.6 million miles in a linear direction yeah. going around the sun. Now, I understand what you're trying to do by obfuscating things into just my degrees. God. Oh, it's only one degree around the sun. It's meaningless unless you apply an actual figure to what that degree means and 1.6 million miles in a 24-hour period is massive that's huge that's a massive amount of motion so just referring it to one degree is meaningless but everything about your description when you try and obfuscate can you can you stop now one degree you're waffling can you stop now right so uh, what you just said is completely and utterly wrong right I heart you both. Were you Go done, Flat Earth? Uh, he's just yeah, waffling. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, done now. Right, so everything that, that you said there is, ev- everything that you said there is completely and utterly wrong. It's only one degree to six nine miles because the circumference of Earth is 25,000 miles. So one degree compared to that circumference is 69 miles. But one degree compared to the orbital distance of the Earth around the sun is much, much more. So saying, oh, That's because right. one, one degree point, is six nine. Ah, so saying that one degree one is six nine miles on shut your beard mouth. One degree. You saying you saying that one degree on Earth being six nine miles means that one degree for the Earth traveling around the Sun has to be six nine miles shows that you are the most top left Dunning Kruger person that has ever existed. You do not understand the difference between rotational and linear velocity. You do not understand what a fucking degree is. What you just said is one of the most ridiculous things that I have ever heard. And so, Ozzy, you can have your response. My only uh, thing is don't ask a question because that'll give it over to him. But the statement <laughs> is yours. Oh, yeah, well, that's why I say it's ridiculous to try and describe things in terms of degrees because neither two things mean the same. They mean something completely different. One means <laughs> 69 miles. One means 1,600,000 miles. And you're trying to describe them as being the same way to describe a motion of something that is nothing, comp- uh, even in your own ridiculous belief of the globe. So hopefully you've got another question coming up. I do. Five awesome. dollars from Pivot Cryroy for Aussie. Do you measure the rotational speed of your power tools in miles an hour instead of rounds per minute? 15 degrees per hour. Thanks, Bob. Uh, Bob, no, I don't measure the rotational speed of, say, a drill or something in miles per hour because it's obviously it's a tiny little drill. Yeah, but when we're talking about something the size of a globe, 
of the 25,000 mile circumference spinning once per day, then it makes sense to measure a particular point and where it goes from this point all the way around back to this point in terms of how many miles per hour it might take for it to return back to that point. So it's it's no comparison, you know, if you want to apply scale to reality, then miles per hour is actually quite an effective way to determine actual linear speed of the rotation for it to go around a single rotation. All right, uh, $5 from oh Tim Pryor, and we'll go, We'll uh, there are about three more super questions left. I'll do a few of the questions from the normal, and then we're going to hand it over to our interlocutors to do their closing statements and to uh, tell you where you can find them. But all right, $5 from Tim Pryor. We can't go to Antarctica, question mark, even though you can book a trip there anytime you want. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, you can go on an organized tour to Antarctica. You might even not even know if you didn't go to Antarctica. You just went to some deep southern island. You would Uh, never know because you're not going to get out and travel that far. All you're going to do is observe a few penguins, watch some whales, some walruses and all that sort of stuff in the ice. But you're not actually going to go deep into the heart of Antarctica on an organized tourist trip. So, um, yeah, and it's going to cost you thousands of dollars, assuming you've got that to spend. You're not going to stay up for 24 hours or 48 hours to see if there really is a 24-hour sun in Antarctica. And even if there was, you're going to, you know, you're seeing light existing for a 24-hour period, which sort of comports with a flat Earth model as far as a, a coffee cup caustic effect is concerned anyway. But a, a trip to Antarctica as a tourist is going to prove nothing. It's freezing cold down there, even in the middle of summer. You're lucky if it gets above zero. So I don't know why anybody in their right mind would want to go there. And it proves nothing one way or the next. $10 from DJ Moose. So Globe Denier, would you make, I think that's a test, with minimum 10 of peoples you trust, everyone must be separated at least 200 kilometers apart and measure sun shadow using example one me is it just one m one millimeter stick and show all results i'm going to repeat that again so would you make test with minimum 10 of peoples you trust everyone must be separated at least 10 kilometers apart and measure sun shadow using example 1M stick and show all results. Well, look, that'll be fine. Yeah, I've got no problem with that, but it's it's equivalent to the Eratosthenes experiment in the first place, where if I um, took a row of batteries, I stood up a, a standing row of batteries, you know, five or six batteries across my desk, and I shone a lamp on them, they're all going to measure a different length of shadow and different angle of shadow. Now, if I then took all those measurements I could apply a formula to tell you exactly how spherical my perfectly flattened level desk is. So using mathematics to to describe something without an understanding of what you're looking at in the first place is really, you can find anything you want using maths. You can lie and lie and lie, but if you observe the table is actually flat and level in the first place and measuring all those different angles of shadows is going to prove nothing. All you're really doing in a test like that is proving that we live on a flat earth with a nearby local sun. 
$5 from Tim Pryor. So the simple answer is no, I did not travel a thousand miles in one hour. I'm still in the same spot, blah, blah, blah. And it well, the spot like... moved with you, yeah. yeah. The spot moved with you, assuming you traveled at all. I would just tend to think that you didn't move because you didn't travel because the Earth isn't moving. That's hey, hey, the simple answer. I'm spinning the same speed as Earth right now. Apparently, yeah, zero. No, in my chair, I'm spinning the same speed as Earth is right now. Yeah, I know, zero. In fact, I'm going to slow down a bit and I'm going to spin the same speed as the Earth around the orbit of the sun. Hold on, I've just got to slow down. There you go. I'm going about one degree a day now. Yeah, Woo! yeah, that's good. Dramatic change, Craig. You went from zero to zero in zero seconds. No, no, I, I went from 15 degrees per hour to one degree per day. That's like a 12,000% decrease. Yeah, well, that's an yeah. interesting thing, isn't it, really, when you think about it. If you actually are orbiting around yeah, the sun yeah, at 67,000 miles per hour and you're spinning at 1,000 miles per hour, and technically, when you're spinning with the directional speed of the orbit, you're going about Mach 2 faster than you are when the Earth is going backwards relative to that forward speed. So we're actually going to Mach 4 every day. <laughs> you do realise that and Mach and speed of sound and things is relative to a medium, of right? Course, of course, Craig. Yeah, I'm just using that as a speed that we can all relate to. We all know the speed of sound is very, very fast. I'm not saying it is sound. Oh, the speed itself. of sound is fast. Uh, uh, what's the speed of sound yeah. in a vacuum? I don't even know if sound exists in a vacuum, does it? So sound would have what speed in the vacuum? I don't know that sound exists. So how so sound would have zero speed in the vacuum. So sound's really fast. Well, it wouldn't exist. So it's not even a speed. Even zero is, you know, not a speed. It's it's non-existent. Yeah, sound is about seven hundred and sixty-seven miles per hour at sea level. It, that's the average speed of it. So if we talk uh, in Mach what one. Mean? 767 miles per hour and then we say Mach 2 we know that's double that so about 1500 miles per hour you know we can understand it's just a really really big speed so if I say that we're going a difference of Mach 4 every day it just got nothing to do with the speed of sound itself apart from the it fact does. it's just a really really good speed it is, uh, it's just yeah, a really big speed talking about though yeah please learn what you're talking about because nothing you say makes sense it makes sense. You just um, no, try to then... No, it really, really doesn't... Nothing you say ever Giant stuck the Grand Canyon out of the moon. Tennis is... He gets the last word because it is his question, and then I'm going to hand it back to him because he has another question. Okay. It's, it's irrelevant to the medium itself. We know that the sound itself requires a medium, but when we describe it as Mach 1, we just know it's a very, very fast speed. Whether or not it is sound in a bloody medium it's not relevant to the fact it's a, a vast speed so when we talk about a certain number of max speeds we just know it's bloody bloody fast we, it's got nothing to do with sound itself i hope that's clear for you just to simplify things for you so five dollars from rodent no last name he's saying flat earth aussie i'm sending you a bill for the amount i have to drink listening to your and we've, you can fill in the blanks there. Sending love from Rotland Lillian. Do you want to respond? Yeah, mate. Um, you better buy me one too then if that's the case. Cheers. There you go. $10. Tim Pryor. I'm going to say it again. 
maybe this time it will sink in if I could spend at what he would consider a thousand oh spin he said I see the next super chat if I could spin and what he would consider a thousand miles an hour on a rotating chair did I travel a thousand miles exactly Uh, oh, you want me to read that one more again? Because I'm going to say it again. Maybe this time it'll sink in. Oh, wait. But if just the chair span, you've only gone the circumference of the chair, I guess. Many, many times, if you're going 1,000 miles per hour, you'd get a little bit dizzy, I imagine. If not explode. Uh, Tim Pryor for $5. I got you for spin. Wrote in last name. Another five dollars. Uh, Flat Earth Aussie Junior. You're closer to Junior. most. What criteria would you make to prove the ice wall? How much Kickstarter funds would you need for an Antarctic expedition? You'd need quite a bit because apparently that's what was done back in the forties, I believe it was. Um, Admiral Byrd had the expedition operation high jump operation deep freeze it was he in an interview before he went on he said it's a reconnaissance mission and all we really have is rumors about it we don't know exactly what happened but the rumor goes that the reconnaissance was to retrieve an ice drilling machine which was stuck in the wall which is said to be this type of blue ice which when it melts that leaves no trace of moisture behind which indicates it's some kind of frozen gas and that it's self-repairing. And so this drilling machine trying to go through the wall had got stuck in it. The ice had regrown back over it. And basically, at the end of this mission of the world's greatest funded military in human history, as far as we know, with all the technology, all their planes, all their drilling machines, all their ships and everything, they retreated and convinced the rest of the world to agree to an Antarctic treaty where it can only be used for scientific purposes and exploration. And, and basically, I think we got our asses whipped by a higher intelligence who said, keep out of here or we're just going to trash your world. You're part of our little experiment. You're our little game. You're our little slaves or whatever it is we might be here in this part of the world. But we are not permitted to go beyond them one way or another. Cool $5 super chat from Riddle. I've been to the actual South Pole. Please explain that, Aussie. Uh, no, you haven't. You've been to a celebratory or ceremonial. Uh, not attempts, Surrounded by a bunch of international flags and stuff. It's a ceremonial pole. It's a, it's a photo opportunity for rich tourists to go to, to say, I've been to the South Pole, but yes. nobody's been to the South Pole. There is no South Pole. It's like the outer rim of a wagon wheel. You've got the inner wheel, the axle, which is the North Pole, and then every direction away from that is south, outwards. And so there's no such thing as a South Pole, much like there's no on a ring magnet. You've got your North Pole is the centre, but the entire rim is technically a South Pole. So there's there's no South Pole as such. All right. Yeah, <laughs> look, looks like the last super chat, and I think we're going to wrap it up soon because we're coming. It's been a fantastic few hours. I have had fun. Oh, but $5 from Tim Pryor. So by Tim his man. argument... When I went to San Francisco, 
I probably didn't know if I did or didn't. Mm, depends what you were smoking, I guess. What what what, what does he mean? Uh, Have you got any idea what he's talking about? I didn't know if I did or didn't go to San Francisco. I'll read his other his past super chat. His very last one was I'm going to say it again. Maybe this time it'll sink in. I could spend what I if I could spend at what he would consider spin. I I said it again. If I could spin at what he would consider a thousand miles an hour on a rotating chair, did I travel a thousand miles? And so he followed that up with, so by his argument, when I went to San Francisco, I probably didn't know if I did or didn't. Uh, I see what he's saying. Well, I guess if he spun on his chair at 1,000 miles per hour, he probably didn't go to San Francisco. But if he actually traveled to San Francisco, then I'd say he traveled to San Francisco. And yeah. all right, guys, we could probably keep on going back and forth forever. I feel, I feel the heat. I would like to thank both of our interlocutors, and I would actually like to hand it over to Fight the Flat Earth for his closing statement and then to tell us where he can find you or where you could find him. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Amy. Um, yeah, I, I always have fun uh, debating the flat earth. There is no debate. The earth's not flat. I do this for fun. Uh, as always, the flat earther brought no evidence, brought no measurements, brought no understanding of science or physics, uh, only brought his own misunderstanding, ignorance, and constant strawmans of my position to try and provide a case for his position. Um, the flat. The fact is that that no, no flat earther will ever bring evidence because there simply is no evidence that the earth is flat. Um, the flat earthers are the kind of people that will literally believe whatever they're told without ever checking it. And they claim that we're the ones that do that. Um, it's, it's amazing that you know, flat earthers literally just believe whatever crap they hear on the internet or read in the ancient book and then go about saying that that's facts without ever actually researching or understanding or studying the thing that they try to talk about. Um, flat earthers say things like tennis is CGI. The sun is an interdimensional portal. Pendulums are controlled by demons. The moon was dug out of the Grand Canyon by giants, melted into quartz filled with helium and put in the sky to mock us for worshipping the sun. And for some reason, people think that these are the people that can debunk all of science and physics as we know it. The Earth isn't flat. There is no giant wall surrounding us that would be like 120,000 miles long, which would require the world's largest military and the, you know, the most amount of people ever to look after this military and all these boats and everything to, to defend people you know, away from, from the massive ice wall. All the measurements, all the evidence, everything suggests that the Earth is a rotating globe. Uh, there simply is no <laughs> argument against this ever. Just because flat earthers don't understand physics does not mean that they know what they are talking about. In fact, it's completely the opposite. 
I am Craig from the channel FTFE. You can find me at youtube.com forward slash FTFE1. A new video of mine will be released tomorrow at midday UK time. And if you would like to come for an after show after this debate, um, head over to my channel because it's already going now. Being run by the wonderful Brainy Beaver. Flatter Fuzzy Jesus, you are also welcome to come over to my channel and talk to some actual intelligent people like my good friend PhD Tony. Well, thank you, Craig. That was a lovely little outgoing, and I haven't prepared anything. I don't have an auto cue I can read from. I've just Neither got a simple, simple phone in my hand, which um, is running out of charge. I keep trying to plug the thing back in, which keeps popping out because it's great. You know, you love technology. Um, everything you said, you know, it's a bunch of assumptions. I understand physics quite well, and none of the laws of physics, observable physics, actually have to change just because we understand we're not on a spinning space ball. You know, physics themselves are quite straightforward. We understand them very well. Things that go up come down. That's very, very simple. Things that go up do not just automatically orbit. They do not just miss the Earth as it's flying around us and somehow magically catch back up around us to keep orbiting us forever and ever in perpetual motion. We know perpetual motion is a bit of a myth, and yet you just assume it as a reality for everything in space. Um, we just observe reality as it is. We don't need to make any sort of assumptions. We don't need to invoke any invisible forces. What we see is what we get. We know that water level is contained by higher edges, so therefore all of solid Earth is above um, the water level. We, we don't have to invoke any sort of magic or, or spinning through a vacuum, which is insanity, we just look at it as it is, and we, we take the, the good of the history of um, all... No, what fell out there? Um, take the good of all the science of our past, and we take the bad and throw it in the trash where it belongs. So we're not science deniers. We're not physics deniers. We, we take everything for factually, and we make more sense of it with realistic interpretations of the things that we view. Yes, I are. Well, thank you, Craig. You're um, great at being a child there, making little notes and stuff. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Flat earthers are realists. We're truthers. We don't need to invent fiction to have yes, our beliefs of what we believe in. It's just observable reality. And if we find a better explanation for something, then we will move forward with it, as the scientific method suggests. We're science lovers. We are modern day scientists. We have technology that was never available to the primitive man who decided that measuring shadows of sticks and looking down wells means we live on a spinning space ball, even though they believed it was geocentric back then and it wasn't spinning. So whatever it is you believe from thousands of years of history, you got to admit you were wrong. We've moved forward. The Earth is flat and stationary. Thank you. <laughs> it's not though. It is though. Like... You're muted. Oh, <laughs> with zombies, sometimes you need to do the double taps. Thank you, <laughs> all of us out there on the inner tubes, for joining us on Modern Day Debate. We are a neutral platform welcoming everybody from all walks of life. If you're looking for more juicy debates in the future, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you like what you heard in this debate, 
Both of our guest links are in the description. I want to thank both Fight the Flat Earth and Flat Earth Aussie for joining us. And with that, I hope you all have an awesome night. Thanks heaps, Amy. Thank you very much, guys. Always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. All right. See you, Craig. Aussie, I've sent you a link if you want to come over to my channel. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.